Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Title and settlement. Mike's E-Keys for cars. GT Car, his crew, at Supel's Building and Remodeling. Supel's Flowers, home of 1-800-800-ROSE. The Midtown Family Restaurants, Hertine and Stocker Jewelers 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. The Sanctuary Pub on South Gilbert, Premier Automotive in North Liberty, the Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas, Streets Maintenance, Wild Rose Casino in Clinton, Dirk Sterner Taxidermy, and Dr. Lance Forbes Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. Sitting in for celebrating his 40th anniversary, uh, Tom Suter's uh, in Vegas, got to Vegas yesterday. Uh, it's Tommy Lang along with Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com and Coach Don Patterson. Good morning, Coach. How are you? I'm doing well, Pat. How about you? Not, not I'm doing all right. I, hey, I saw you. I think it was Wednesday. I, you were dropping off analytics last week. We drove right by you. In the, I'm not sure if you recognized me though. The you were. I did. Okay. I didn't realize it was you. That's yeah. why he avoided you. Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah. I, <laughs> I assume that's what you had. You had your because you had a notebook or something in your hand, and you were walking to the right. football office. Okay. So that's exactly what I was doing. Okay. All right. Well, um, we got a lot to talk about. So Friday game, of course. I want to get your thoughts on the Michigan Ohio State game. Let's start though with. Um, Iowa-Nebraska, just your overall thoughts on the game. We all thought it would be a close game, but we thought Iowa could figure out a way to pull out a win, and they did. But, wow, talk first about Kirk's decision to go with that gut feeling as a head coach to switch kickers. I mean, that, I mean, I know that Stevens had been struggling, but we're still talking about one of the best kickers in the country the last two years until just recently. Everything that went into that. Yeah, it was um... – it was a bizarre set of events, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, you've heard me brag on Drew pretty much on a weekly basis for how well he's kicked. Um, but I guess it would be the, the golfing equivalent of um, a really professional golfer, a good professional golfer, all of a sudden getting the yips and putting. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden it's it's hard to get the ball up as much as, as, much as you need to. And I looked really hard at those two block field goals, it looked to me like, for sure, part of the problem was uh, low trajectory on the kicks. Especially the second one. Of course, one. they weren't. Yeah, they weren't long kicks either. 
Uh, and some people, there's a, there's a lot of debate about this. Some people say you you kick a 20-yard field goal the same way you kick a 50-yard field goal. You know, you, you drive the ball in both cases. Well, if you think about it, you, you have to be a, a little lower trajectory from 50 or 55 sure. yards. But from 20 or 25, if you wanted to, to you know, let's face it, the um, way probably going to be a, a foul to Tim would be a, a mark somewhere from the inside of the defense. You know, a low kick that gets marked. Mm-hmm. They're not likely to get it off the edge. People are kind of giving up on marking field goes off the edge. Everything now is a jump rush. You know, it's it's big guys inside that are trying to get a push and then gather themselves and get their hands up. That's how most of the, of the field goal attempts nowadays are blocked is with an inside rush. And, um, I, you know, I had to come to the conclusion after I studied it, uh, maybe the guys up front could do a little better job of not preventing any penetration. But the bottom line, if the ball's low, it really doesn't matter what they do. And I think the ball was a little bit low in both cases. Oh, yeah, especially the second one when they showed the replay yeah. now. He also had two kickoffs that went out of bounds, and Kirk brought that up when he asked about the change. Because yeah. I'll tell you, Don, when they interviewed Kirk on the field right afterwards, I thought for sure he was going to say, oh, Drew, you know, he pulled some, you know, just something wasn't. But the fact that it wasn't an injury, I mean, that's just, that's a pretty bold move for a head coach in that situation, don't you Don't you think, to do that? Yeah, it is. I asked a question, too, because I'd be curious. Uh, did LeVar have input on that decision? I would suspect he did. Yes, I would bet he did, too. Yeah, I would, I would imagine. I don't know this, but I would imagine it would be a conversation between Kirk and LeVar and, and and Kirk certainly might solicit LeVar's opinion on what to do. Uh, it's ultimately Kirk's decision, of course, but I don't doubt that he might have gotten LeVar's recommendation one way or the other. Uh, okay, I then, don't know that. I haven't talked to Kirk about it, but but it would make sense to me that he might he might want LeVar's input sure. on what to do. So then Marshall Meter, uh, graduate from Central Michigan, He's, what a great story. Two days before campus, he gets the team two days before school. I'm assuming, Don, it's part of the fallout from the game. You know, they lost their other kicker, um, blown. Right. And I, this was quick thinking by Iowa. We, got, we have to get depth. You never know. Which, but, yeah, talk about that, just the fact that they were quick to react to get another kicker, and boom, this kid waited for his chance and came through big time. Yeah. Well, Kirk uh, was able to, to mention the fact that he – had been doing a good job in kicking. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was still the backup, but you do pay attention to what backups do, of course. The more likely scenario for him to be in a game, of course, would be if, if Drew was somehow injured on one of these one of these kicking downs. Uh, that wasn't the case, but but the bottom line, the young man had been kicking well. I, I was like most fans. I'm trying to figure out who the heck, who, who the heck that guy is out there kicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ball just barely cleared the upright. Yes. Incidentally, I, I would hope now that we understand if centering the ball, clearly you don't want to take the ball backward. And we took it backward, I think I read five yards. I don't know if we took it five yards backward, but we almost took it out of field goal range for for that young man. And thankfully we didn't. The ball still clear, but not by much. Marshall Meter, I have to admit, if you would ask me who is Marshall Meter, I would have had no idea who that was. I'll say the same thing. I wasn't aware of who the 
I will have to admit, I was not aware of who the backup. I just never paid any attention to. I didn't even know it was somebody different until after the kick. Yeah, I'm sure some people on the beat though that are hardcore break it down. And they probably knew who he was. I just didn't know who their backup kicker was. And wow, well, I mean, but you're right, Don. It it made it through. But I think if that kick would have been a 48 to 55 yarder, I think they would have stuck with Drew because Kirk did make a point of saying Drew's got a stronger leg. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and let's give let's give a lot of credit to Lucian for that run. Yes, that was a twenty-two yard run when we needed it the most. It made for a much easier field goal attempt, and it would have had to have been Drew, of course, if it was a long kick. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And there was good blocking on that run. He had a big hole to run through. He went through it. No, it was just a just another dramatic win. Now they're ten and two. They've beaten Nebraska seven out of eight. And Nebraska, I mean, if you're a Nebraska fan, how frustrated are you? You're 5-3. and three. What happened to them? Is it simply just turnover? They just couldn't protect the ball on offense? Because their defense is good. Yeah, their defense is good. You're right. Uh, you know, it seemed like, here's an amazing stat for you. Uh, I was aware last week, as I look at all the games, I was aware that there was one thing that all five teams that had beaten, I'm talking about conference teams, all five teams that had beaten Nebraska all had one thing in common. They all won on turnovers. Yes, big time. Yep. No surprise there. Here's the thing that shocked me. Uh, believe it or not, in the first eight games, uh, the opponent won on turnovers all eight times. Even the three wins, Nebraska had lost on turnovers. Now, here's the rest of that story. They were only minus one on turnovers. Uh, they were able to overcome it in three times, three cases. Believe it or not, they were only minus one in five of those eight games. Uh, and they won three of those games and lost two. So my message to the coaches was uh, just winning on turnovers is not enough. Plus one's not going to get it done. Plus one, we know how that might play out. You know, they might be able to overcome plus one. Mm-hmm. Us being plus one, I'm saying. Uh, so I, my recommendation was you got to think plus two or better. We ended up plus two, of course, and and thank God we were plus two because otherwise we wouldn't have had that last interception. That's, that is true. And and what what do you think, Purdy? He just did not see Herkett standing right in front of the receiver that was doing a crossing route. How do you explain that? Yeah, it's it's difficult to explain because he he had a, a, a decent drop, not a, not a deep drop. Of course, he was dropping from the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Uh, incidentally, I, I made a comment. I didn't realize that Herkin had such a good game. He kind of quietly did it, but he ended up, I believe, uh, if he wasn't leading in tackles, he was close to it. He had a great season. Yeah. And, and of course, the interception is the one that really stood out. Uh, as Kirk said, he looked pretty good carrying the ball, too, after yeah. the interception. Yep. I, I, so it was a bizarre ending. Uh, and, and isn't it amazing, too? We had a a clock operator that messed up the, the timing on the game. Uh, and I don't, well, I can blame him for it, but ultimately the officials, uh, there should be one official, I believe it's the back judge, that's responsible for those timing mistakes. Now, normally what you see is that the clock is down lower than it should be, and they, they always put time back on. This was the opposite of that. You know, they, they snapped the ball, and we had a play in the game where the clock didn't start. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think it was 12 seconds differential. Well, it turned out, of course, with a minute 22 remaining, it was hard to know who might benefit from that 12 seconds. But in the end, clearly, we were the ones that benefited from it. 
Yeah. Coach, did you ever did you ever have a situation when you were coaching like that where the clock operator or the whoever was running the the uh, scoreboard may have screwed up and it didn't get caught by the officials? Yes, I did. So what did you and do? It was, it, well, I, I I didn't know for sure that we were getting cheated. It was down at Southern Illinois, back when Jerry Hill was coaching at Southern. They beat us fifty-four to fifty-two, uh, and they beat us on the last play of the game. So when the game ended, I, I couldn't help but feel we'd gotten cheated a little bit on that last drive, on their last drive for the winning score. And uh, I couldn't tell because it seemed like it was a couple of seconds here and a couple of seconds there. And after the game, I was able to go back and look at it. And the only thing that gave me a chance to to, um, to document the fact that we'd been cheated by the clock operator, every play in that last other Illinois drive involved a clock stoppage. It was either an incomplete pass or a ball out of bounds or a timeout, you know, one of those things. Mm-hmm. Every play. So I was able to document that last drive should have, uh, should have. I forget the exact time on the clock. Let's just say a minute. Let's say they had 60 seconds when the drive started. Uh, I couldn't help but feel we'd been cheated, and I was right. We'd been cheated a total of about 10 seconds on the clock. So I made the point with the commissioner of the conference. I said maybe they would have beaten us, but they would have had to beat us a couple of snaps earlier. And a couple of snaps earlier, of course, instead of being on the six-yard line, they could have been maybe on the 15- or 20-yard line. So uh, uh, Patty even asked me, the commissioner asked me, what do you want out of me? And I said, I'd like a, a, a letter from you acknowledging the fact that the clock operator had cheated us out of um, – um, had given them extra seconds on that last drive and that maybe they would have beaten us anyway. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted uh, a statement to the effect that the clock operator had affected the outcome of the game with how, it, how that person had done their job. And I had that letter, and it turned out we didn't need it. We, we won out anyway. We lost two games that year. We lost to, at Southern Illinois, and we lost at LSU. You've heard me talk about the LSU game. Mm-hmm. So we were in the playoffs anyway. It didn't matter. Other than I will admit, we would have probably gotten a better seed if we would have beaten uh, Southern Illinois and lost only to LSU. So, Don, did you think so, that? Did you think it was deliberate? Yes. Interesting. So does yes, I had reason to believe it was deliberate. The reason I say that uh, it, they were just they were just shaving a few seconds off. Sure, trying to be discreet about uh, it. Um, yeah, as the clock ticked down, they were just shaving a few seconds here and there. That's why it was hard to catch. Uh, the officials incidentally should catch that same thing. Now, it's not easy to catch if it's just a matter of two or three seconds. Uh, it's hard to catch it two or three seconds per play, I'm saying. Uh, hard to catch that. But there still is uh, the back judge, as I know it, is still the guy that is responsible for catching any timing errors. And, of course, oftentimes you do see uh, the clock operator, please reset the clock to... Yeah, 54 seconds rather than 50, you know, whatever. Even in the NFL, you'll see that. And and maybe if it happens one time, of course, it's just a, an honest mistake. But if it happens on a series of plays, you know that the clock operator is unscrupulous. That's what we had in, the, in that particular case. Wow. That's the only game I could ever remember that happening. Okay. Uh, but it's just odd that the officials didn't catch it because clearly that, I was watching it again this morning. The clock was on 122, the ball was snapped, and the clock was still saying 122 any number of seconds afterward. 
And uh, it should have gone down, I guess, to about 110 on that play. But, you know, the other thing, I don't remember either coach really reacting much no. to it. It's almost like, yeah, whatever. Let's just get, let's just, I mean. I it, thought maybe the it, graphic on television was wrong. It was a weird sequence, though. Neither coach seemed to make a big yeah, deal it was hard it. to know. It was hard to know to whose advantage that just was. Yeah, you didn't know. it was 10-10 at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was strange. Now, all right, let's, the Iowa offense. Obviously, I mean, they ran the ball okay. I'll give you. But down the passing attack, I don't want to say it took a step backwards, but it sort of did. I mean, just your overall thoughts on the passing attack. I mean, I think there was one stage in the second half where Iowa had four, if not five. I know for sure four straight three and outs, maybe five, but just just your thoughts on the uh, passing attack particularly. Yeah. Well, um... Sorry to put you on the spot. (laughs) That's okay. No, it's no secret. You know, Dakin is not... You've heard me say the best passers have a very grooved throwing motion. Mm-hmm. It's the same motion. I've, I've used the analogy of a baseball pitcher. Uh, how, how can those guys spot a baseball so well from the mound? And it, fundamentally, it's because it's that same groove throwing motion over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might be a different motion from one pitch compared to another pitch. But the point is, it's a very grooved motion. You could say the same thing about quarterbacks. Uh, a very consistent motion. There's only one guy that comes to mind for me that does use a lot of different arm angles, and that's Mahomes from Kansas City. He seems to, he's just a freak of nature. He is. You know, he can make accurate throws from any number of arm slots. Aaron Rodgers a little bit, too, when he's healthy, of course. He's... Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, that's a real gift to be able to do that. Uh, the average quarterback, certainly the average college quarterback, uh, you, you know, you sure. would hope that he would just have a very groove motion. Well, Tom Brady and that would give done. him a chance to have more accuracy. Um, and, um, and clearly, you know, Deacon doesn't have that kind of accuracy. It's not all Deacon's fault. We have receivers sometimes that don't run great routes. Um, when they came to mind, I believe it was Bostic on the route, as I recall. Number seven. Um, you were lucky it wasn't intercepted. Um, and it all started with a poor route. Um, I don't know if I can find my notes on that. But I yeah, think I is. remember the play you're talking. Did he kind of round yeah. it off, or did, what didn't he do that he needed to do? Well, it was third and five. It was a stop route to Bostic. Uh, I just made the comment, lucky it was not intercepted. Yeah, I remember the play. Uh, but it all started, you know, you could blame Deacon, but fundamentally the blame was more with Bostic, I'd say. You could argue they're both at fault. You know, you don't have to throw it. Uh, but the bottom line, I always used to remind our receivers, your job, if it's if it's uh, a quarterback in soft coverage, deep coverage as we call it, your job is to push him off the ball. You can't let him sit on routes. So you have to explode off the ball. Uh, and if he's sitting on routes, then we just have to simply uh, either just sit and run a simple go around, try to beat him over the top, or maybe give him a double cut. But so one way or the other, you got to scare him into softer coverage. Mm-hmm. And uh, that guy's clearly sitting on the route, and it all started with a, a mediocre route by Boston. And um, on the inter- Deacon's interception there at the end, what can you kind of tell us what your thoughts were on that? Obviously, it well, wasn't good. Well, you know, he's got to understand possession of the ball means everything at that point. You yeah. know, it's 10-10. I mean, the worst-case scenario is we go to overtime. Uh, and let me see. It was third and 12 on the minus 25. Uh, part of our problem on that play, incidentally, was poor spacing. Uh, we were running what we used to call uh, "Everybody Go," which is short for "Everybody Go." Uh, go routes across the field. We had trips on that side of the formation, and 
our second and third receivers, our two inside receivers on that left side were they were aligned to begin with, not very far apart, and even down range, they were still not very far apart. Yeah, you're right. So I didn't really understand the spacing. You always hear us talk about spacing, proper spacing. Mm-hmm. We got to be sure that that we give ourselves every chance to uh, have access to both receivers. And that means they shouldn't be sitting on top of each other. It's a ball that should not have been thrown. That's clear. It would have to be labeled as a poor decision by the quarterback. Because let's face it, if we, even if we just punt the ball away, we're looking at overtime. Sure. Uh, where was the clock at that point? I don't know. It had to be. Oh God! I um, mean, it all all that stuff happened within like 15 seconds. His yeah. interception, but followed by the next interception. It I was think it's 31 with, seconds. I think it, yeah, it was all within the last minute of the game. Yeah, it was such a crazy finish to the game. Uh, incidentally, let's not forget this. Nebraska had to burn a timeout. This is after the interception. Yes, they did. They had to burn a timeout to avoid delay. Let's talk about that, though. Uh, how about us? You know, we got a lot to clean up in this game, and I don't doubt the coaches are going to do a good job of pointing it out. But let's not forget, we had a field goal that went through early in the game for an apparent three points, except – we we were correctly charged with delay. The, the clock went to zero. The ball had not been snapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should not simply not happen. In game twelve, I, I can understand it. In game one, maybe, you know, but in game twelve, that simply shouldn't happen. Uh, and that has to be that has to be on the holder. Uh, the holder has to know I got to call for this ball, and I don't care. I guess you could argue, well, couldn't we just take a delay and back up five yards? It was only a chip shot anyway. Uh, yeah, you could do that, but the fundamental um, fundamental aspect of that part of the game is that you shouldn't you shouldn't have to take a delay. You should be able to get the ball snapped. I, I'm pretty sure Kirk didn't agonize over whether to kick it or not. I would imagine he said kick it about as quickly as he always says kick it, uh, and yet we didn't get the ball snapped. That shouldn't happen. Yeah, it was uh, not a great day for special teams, and you know, a lot of it was on Drew Stevens, of course, but I mean – they still found a way to win. The defense was outstanding. As I mean, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, every week. So let's okay. Let's move to Saturday, Don. I know. I assume you watched the. I watched the Ohio State Michigan game from start to finish. I mean, just I your, did too. I mean, just your overall thoughts. I mean, it could have gone either way. I mean, it was two very evenly matched teams. Just uh, are you surprised? I'm not surprised Michigan pulled it out. They seem to be a team of destiny in a lot of ways. Yeah, I believe even seven days ago on your show, I believe I said. I'd take Michigan. Yes, you did. Uh, yeah, playing at home. Um, and really, it depended on which weekend you were comparing the two teams as to which one looked stronger. There were times when I thought Michigan uh, looked like the stronger team. There were other weekends where I thought, you know what, maybe Ohio State does have the edge. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they're clearly pretty even, of course. 30, 30 to 24 is the final. Uh, analytics were pretty even also. But the analytics did favor Michigan. Just to give you an idea, um, five of the top five of the top uh, top nine parameters uh, were won by Michigan, um, and only three of the top ten were won by Ohio State. So uh, Michigan um, had an edge on field position. They won turnovers. Um, you know, they had more rushing yardage, as I recall. They did. Yeah, that's what Ryan Day brought up afterwards. When he was yeah. talking about, he goes, "Hey, they won the battle of turnovers and ran for more yards. That was it. That's kind of how he explained the loss." Yeah, you know, Ohio State gave a good gave a good effort, of course, but 
but um, you couldn't help but feel if they played if they played ten times in Ann, in Ann Arbor at least that Michigan would win more than five. Maybe they'd win six or seven. You know, um, it was a, it was a kind of what you expected. I think I also mentioned I would ex- I would certainly expect it to be a one score game, and it was. Yeah. Uh, so I feel I feel badly for Ohio State. Uh, how about this? Uh, the coach has lost three games in Big Ten play yep. since he's been there. Is that right? He's fifty-five and seven. He's lost three in Big Ten. He's forty and zero in all the other games, and and people there want him gone. Yeah, they want him fired. Yeah. And the negative is all three of them were to those hated guys up north, as they call them. Yeah, and uh, you know uh-huh. he's he is. I don't think he's really on the hot seat, but he's on the Twitter and social media hot seat. Put it that way, and maybe he is. I don't know. Yeah, that would be a little bit absurd if they. I, I do think he's a good play caller, uh, and uh, obviously a good coach too. So, I, I thought um, a little bit of the difference in the game was the quarterback. You know, Ohio State's quarterback is still a young guy. Uh, I thought I thought JJ outplayed him, and that's what I would have expected. Even though he didn't have the stats, but I was talking to Jamie Morris yesterday for a story or Sunday for you remember Jamie, Michigan running back. Yeah, yeah. He, um, mm-hmm. He brought up that with um, J.J., stats don't really define his game at Michigan. He's had to really kind of sacrifice stat-wise for the betterment of the team because it's all about winning. I mean, McCord had better stats. He threw more. But like you were saying, J.J. just finds a way to win the game. And I, I think another big thing, Don, was this is one of the few times where Ohio State hasn't had a quarterback who can extend plays with his legs. And doesn't that make a difference? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to point that out. Is the one difference in the two quarterbacks is one has uh, the ability to extend plays, and one not nearly so much. Uh, I think that makes a difference, and it's it's hard to really measure um, which plays that shows up. It might it might simply mean that we that the quarterback was able to buy more time to make the throw that he needed to make, and did that, uh, or maybe he simply pulled the ball down and ran for two yardage. Uh, obviously, movement passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, JJ's better equipped to run those than than Ohio State's quarterback too. So that's part of our problem, of course, is we can't extend plays no. with our quarterback. Uh, even I couldn't help but notice it was obvious to me. Nebraska had really changed their strategy a little bit for the second half. The second half, they had made up their mind at halftime. We're going to involve Purdy more as a runner. He was much more athletic than I thought. I didn't think he could run like that. Yeah, he's a pretty solid. He's above average as a runner. He is, uh, and the, he ended up carrying the ball on some design plays, and then other times, of course, he simply scrambles for yardage too. Uh, I, I, I certainly wouldn't project necessarily he's going to be better than his brother. I think I'd give his brother the edge at this point in time, and and maybe forever and ever. Um, I wonder how he gets stuck with it. I know how he got stuck with that nickname of Chuba because he was really. A big, a big infant, I think, at one time. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, somebody said at, at the age of one, he weighed, weighed 34 pounds or something. I guess that's a lot <laughs> for a one-year-old. I don't know. I th- haven't seen that kind many of cruel infants. kind put that on a one-year-old. I think that would be, I think that would be a lot for a one-year-old, though. Yeah. So, but no, Don, he was actually better than I thought. I mean, he made some bad throws and bad decisions, but he was okay. He just was under duress. The Iowa defense is hard to play against. Yeah, he didn't look like he was overwhelmed with the the no um, the uh, job that he had to do. I, he looked like he handled it pretty well. I thought, um, you know. So 
um, you know, I was hoping that Sims would play some because he's a turnover machine and and um, Purdy. I'm not I'm not sure you could call him that. You know, no. he, he took pretty good care of the ball. Yeah, Sims. I mean, I I think the stat they I think they ended the season Don with 31 turnovers. I know they had yeah. 28 going into the game, so I think it was 31 turnovers they had. Yeah, what's amazing to me, if you think about it, uh, and let's see, how did our game finish on turn? We won turnovers, yeah. Yeah. We must have been plus one, I think. I don't think we were anything more than that. Was uh, it three but, Was it three to two or two to one? I don't have the stat sheet in yeah, front of me. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. I can't recall. But it, it is amazing. Think of it this way. In nine coverage games, they they were never even even on turnovers. No. They lost They lost on turnovers in all nine games. Now, I will admit they were only minus one in five or six of those games. Uh, so they had trouble with, over the season, of course, they had trouble with turnovers in the non-conference part of their schedule, too. So they just they just didn't do a good job protecting the ball. Incidentally, I couldn't help but think this of, of, of Purdy. Uh, he does not understand good ball security, though. He's waving that ball around when he he's is. running with it. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I blame him, but I blame the coach, too. you got to correct that. You can't carry the ball like that. Maybe you get by with it in high school, but in college, somebody's going to be able to slap the ball out. Uh, you're going to, matter of fact, he, he just coughed one up on his own. He did. He just lost lost the handle on the football. Well, he didn't have it tucked. That's why. And and they football is such a crazy game. They they actually were lucky to get the ball back on that play, but they did. Okay, Don, I'm going to put you on the spot. Iowa. Let's say they drive down and they have a 38 yard field goal to kick in the first quarter of. Saturday's game. Who do you think's kicking it? I would, I would, be, I would predict that it would be Drew Stevens. Okay, I would too. Now let me let me qualify that. Here's what I actually expect to happen this week. Uh, first off, is there any doubt that we're pricing indoors? Well, the game's indoors. Why would you Why would you even think about going outside to practice? So I'd be shocked if we were not indoors all week. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about uh, that. And uh, and. Uh, I would fully expect that Drew uh, is going to regain that confidence uh, uh, between now and Saturday. Uh, it may not happen that way, but that's what I would expect to happen. Let's face it, if he kicks like he normally kicks, uh, it'll be a distant memory of what happened in Lincoln. Exactly, yeah. He's game been time. really good. One bad yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, so if he doesn't, obviously if he still – is struggling for whatever reason, then it wouldn't surprise me if we saw, if we saw, uh, what's his name again? Meters? Marshall Meter. Yeah. Meter. Marshall yep. Meter. The Meter Man. Eminem. No. Yeah, yeah Eminem. <laughs> okay. Well, it's such a great story. I, I've never talked to that young man, but uh, I'm, I'm just happy for him. Imagine him. He, he was, I, I did read that he was four for 10 last year on field goals, I believe, that was 30 yards and more. Um, and uh, that's not very good, of course. And, and and yet he didn't want to be done. He wanted to he wanted to play one more year of football. And I give uh, Lavar credit because maybe Lavar talked him into it sure. as much as he talked talked himself into it. You know, I always said I always said, why don't you join us? And do you think Pat that happened after our other kicker was yes. ruled out? Yes, I think it was an emergency move to to provide depth. And he um. He made, I think I read, looked it up, he made 30 of 45 field goals at Central Michigan. That's good, but, Don, you know, that's not great. 
I mean, that's 15 Especially misses. Especially when you realize I'm pretty sure none of them were 50-yard plus attempts. No, they, that's 15 you know, misses. His leg strength is not not to that extent. He, he wouldn't be able to kick long-range field goals. Incidentally, I know for a fact, because I saw him kick in high school, our, our young receiver, Wick, is actually a pretty darn good place kicker. Well, he's a great soccer player. I did see him kick a few times in, in an emergency situation. Uh, he could probably do it. Yeah, I mean, he was very skilled as a soccer player, and he would kick extra points and what have you. But I'm with you, though. I think what's funny is there's this narrative on social media, well, Drew's been struggling for most of the year. No, he hasn't. He's had a couple bad moments, but he's won games. I'm with you. I think he's going to get back and get his mindset and have a chance to make some big field goals in this game. Okay, Iowa's a 22-and-a-half point underdog is the first one I saw. I mean, obviously, nobody, Don, not many people outside of that locker room are, are picking them even to have a chance. Jamie Morris gives Iowa a chance because he. you're, you're going to like this. He's like, man, he goes, I came to Michigan in 1984. He goes, Iowa's been a thorn in our side for 40 years. Hayden broke our stranglehold on the Big Ten. There's just something about Iowa. And he says, he goes, that's why he doesn't think Michigan will take Iowa lightly because Harbaugh is pissed at how many times he's lost to Michigan or to Iowa over the years. So how big of a yeah. motivator can that be? Because he did say Iowa has been – they've been a, a thorn to us. It's just, they've yeah. got they've uh, gotten Harbaugh us Harbaugh was the quarterback in that infamous one versus Yes, two and Jamie game, right? was the one who got hit for the two-yard loss that yeah. won the game. So, And he says this stuff matters. Harbaugh is going to motivate these guys. We've got to beat this team. They've, had a, they've caused me a lot of problems over the years. Well, you know, truthfully, um, the team that has – if you can quantify having a lot to play for, uh, you'd have to say that Michigan has more to play for than we do. Oh, without question, because they got their, their, yeah. their potential playoff. I mean, let's face it, they're, they're not in the Final Four unless they win. No, I'm they got to win. Yeah, if they lose, yeah. I don't think they're going to get in. Yeah, so what I hope is that we can, even if we're um, playing from a behind position as, as the game plays out, as long as we make it a one-score game, Let's face it, if it's a one-score game into that fourth quarter, there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on Michigan. I'm, I'm even acknowledging, even if they're um, three, four, five, six, seven points ahead, it's still a lot of pressure because they know all we need is one score to pass them up. Yep. Um, and um, uh, so the pressure is going to be on them if we can make it a one-score game. Better yet, of course, we're playing from out in front. Uh, there'll be even more pressure then, of course, because they got to find a way to to um, to reel us in. Uh, but it'll be an interesting game because the pressure is clearly on their side. If there's anybody that can go out and just um, just as Hayden used to say, let them out of shoot number one, it's us uh, because we got everything to gain and and really nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have a good bowl game regardless. Uh, it might be the same bowl game whether we win or lose. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a, earn a better bowl. No game chance to win. make the playoff. Iowa's not in any playoff discussion, obviously. So you're right. There is a lot more, and they're without their best offensive lineman. And Jamie said his loss hurts you in more ways than just what he does on the field. He is their leader, Zach Zinter. I mean, I know it's only one guy, but that's a significant loss for them, isn't it, Don? Yeah. You know what else happened as a result of that injury? And I do understand. I read somewhere this morning it was actually a broken leg. Is that right? Yeah, broken tibia and fibula. His mom announced it yeah. on social media. Yeah. Well, you know what else happened? They moved the right tackle yes. in the guard to take his place. So think about it. I would actually argue they might be actually weaker in both right guard and right tackle. That's a good point. 
Um, wasn't that wasn't the, the poor guy that was injured? Wasn't he the right guard? I believe. Right guard, yeah, three-year starter, yeah. All-American. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So they moved the right tackle into the guard position. It's kind of hard to imagine that he's great up better than the other guy. Well, the right tackle had been struggling a little bit by Michigan State. He was maybe been their weaker guy. So now he's at guard, and then they bring a guy named Trenton Jones. Jones, they brought number 53, and he's the new guy to the – and now he's playing right tackle. Yeah, you could argue that they're actually weaker at both right tackle and right guard Mm -hmm. as a result of that one injury. Uh, I couldn't help but notice in some earlier game, the right tackle was struggling. Yes. Uh, and it's the same guy that got moved inside the yes. right guard now. Yep. He was struggling against someone. You know, you you would clearly say, that is a right tackle that Michigan's concerned about. Now, this is midseason or something. Uh, but I don't doubt over the entire season that he gave up more sacks maybe than any other lineman they had. Uh, so it looks to me like he was the weakest link maybe up front. And um, now that he's inside, of course, his backup is playing right tackle. Yeah, it's going to be interesting um, to see how they handle that. Yeah, it will be. Because uh, let's not forget, um, uh, Joe Evans uh, is a pretty, you know, he's not intimidating from a size standpoint, but he is a he is a relentless pass rusher, yeah, as motor, you know. Motor never stops. Uh, yeah, and he'll, he'll give, uh, even though that tackle is a lot bigger than Joe, uh, Joe will give him problems, especially in obvious passing situations. Okay, last so, year, Don, or two years ago, Michigan came out with some trick plays, and they worked. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, Donovan Edwards threw a perfect strike downfield. Uh, Roman Wilson, it looked like a quarterback. Do you see Harbaugh doing that again, or does stuff? Do you can you only do that so many times against a team, even though it's two years apart? Does Iowa have to be expect, ready? I would expect more exotics. Absolutely. Okay. I remember vividly. It was it was four exotics, 159 yards of offense on those four exotics. Yeah, they all worked. Uh, so they all four of them worked. Um, and uh, I would expect that that'll be part of their plan. Absolutely. Hope it's part of ours too. You heard me talk about exotics. Uh, they're worth considering. And, sure. And to those that say, well, you got to guess and call them at the right time. No, you don't. If you guess wrong, in the example I've given, let's imagine the play's designed for man coverage and not for zone coverage. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get zone coverage, just get out of the play. Turn around and call it again. I don't think we ever had to call one more than twice to get it in the game because generally we guessed right the first time in terms of coverage mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, and if, So you don't waste a trick play. You simply get out of it and save it. You can turn around and call it the next play if you want to. A lot of people don't realize that, but that's the way we used to play. You know, we don't waste trick plays. And remember, Iowa did try a trick play. Uh, they had the, uh, remember the halfback pass to the fullback, yeah. and they just overthrew him a little bit. My only question when they did that was, it's too bad that they had a fullback trying to make that very highly finesse play. But then again, if it wasn't the fullback, they may have been more alerted by, hey, what's this running back or receiver? What I mean, you remember that halfback pass. They try it. It I just do. didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit of a diff- difficult angle. Those are the kind of things you think out. You remember this. The ball basically ended up being thrown almost directly over the receiver's head. So it's one of those catches you got to make with the ball coming in. At high, coming in at high noon, you know, coming in right over the top of your head. Sure. Very difficult catch. You need to engineer the play so he catches it over one shoulder or the other. Uh, obviously, make for an easier catch. We can do that. And so it was a good thought. We certainly fooled him with the play, but we, we, couldn't, we couldn't execute it well enough. The angles were difficult to execute. 
Okay, so if you're Brian Ferentz, you go into this game, you're a huge underdog, nobody expects anything from your offense. Do you think he's going to play conservative? Do you think he's going to just try all game to establish the run and burn the clock and and try to at least stay on the field that way or whatever? Or do you think he's going to come in with a devil-may-care? Let's, let's, I mean, what does he have to lose at this point? He's already lost his job. What do you think his approach is going to be? Yeah, I would hope we had uh, a more aggressive approach to play calling this game. And I realize it's conceivable that uh, that one or more of those plays will actually blow up in our face. You know, that's possible. That's the risk you take. Uh, yeah, but you've always heard me say, uh, "Can't steal second with your foot on first. Good you gotta, point. you know, you gotta you gotta call the game to win it. Uh, that doesn't mean you're stupid. You're just calculated with what you do. And um, it's going to be hard to beat a team like Michigan unless you. Unless you, um, unless you're aggressive with your play call, and the classic example, of course, was that game against Ohio State a few years ago that we mm. played in Kennedy. Yeah, uh, we were clearly more aggressive, and I, I do recall back then the comment, "Well, you know, nothing venture, nothing gained. We're not going to beat them just by playing it close to the vest because we have to outscore them." And we did. We outscored them. They they were a little bit suspect on. Defense, and we took him to the woodshed, put up 50-something points, as I recall. 55. Remember the very first play of the game was a pick six. Remember? Yeah. yeah. And it just get, You're right. The ball just kept yeah, rolling. And it, well, obviously, you know, there's some things we have to do, uh, and I won't share them all with you, but I'll just share this. Uh, now, this is a different evaluation than, um, you know, I haven't even finalized uh, the analytics on all the Big Ten games from last weekend. I've got them all done, but I haven't crunched all the numbers yet because, frankly, it's not important. Uh, what's important is treating this game like a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, all I've done is look at, is just look at, uh, uh, under a microscope, look at all nine of their coverage games and look at all nine of our coverage games and then try to figure out which parameters matter the most those are the ones that we absolutely need to find a way to win. Uh, and here's the truth. There are four that stand out, uh, and clearly Michigan's good at all four of them. But here's the truth. We also also have to be good at all four of them. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I think that's – I think you know, as your people talk about matchups, I think we match up well against Michigan uh, simply because uh, they, they try to win – uh, just like we do, they try to win uh, with fundamentals. They try to win with fewer mistakes, you know, all those kind of things. Establish the run. Uh, yeah, establish the run. Don't have many penalties. They're very, they're not very penalized at all. Maybe over the season they've even had fewer flags than we have. That's how well they've done on penalties. Uh, based on that, maybe there won't be a flag thrown on Saturday because both teams are good at avoiding penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, you know, we clearly like to think we can win on field position. Um, you know, we have a punter that uh, that has had a couple of off days here in the late stages of the season by his standards. Yes. But we're back indoors again, so it wouldn't shock me at all if he had a great game with his punting. Uh, and we can flip the field. I think we have a clear advantage on punting. I don't even know what their guy's average is, but I know it's not it's not in the range of, of Tory's average. So we should we should win when we're trading punts. We should pick up a few yards every time we trade punts. Um, yeah, I don't know. Place kicking is a big question mark right now based on last Saturday. 
So we'll see. But, you know, both teams have a, have a similar philosophy on how to play. You don't beat yourself. That's where it all starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might argue that Michigan has an edge on us simply because, on average, they have a little better uh, capability to move the ball. Or maybe you could argue a lot better capability to move the ball. <laughs> okay. I was going to say maybe, yeah. maybe a lot would probably be more accurate. I was being kind. When I, I know you were. I know you kid. were. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, our defense, I'd stack up our defense against Michigan. I Absolutely. would too. I would too. Yeah, no, Michigan's defense is really good. I mean, like, you're right, though, Don. All the pressure's on Michigan. They're a huge favorite. Yeah. They should win this game. To me, if these teams played ten times, Michigan would probably win nine or eight of them. But it only takes that one time. And I'm guessing – I mean, I'm guessing that's going to be part of Kirk's philosophy. It, straight, I mean, he said on the Zoom thing yesterday with the Big Ten, he said, you know, anything can happen when you lace them up and you get out there on What's that What's the spread? Do we know what spread is? 22 right and a half. Absolutely. Wow, it's almost like the yeah, over-under like for some of the last few games. It has been. If this was an October game against Michigan, I would use a baseball analogy. Assuming the World Series had started up, I would say, listen, we don't have to beat Michigan four out of seven. We just got to beat them one time. Yep, exactly. That's all. Exactly. And we have to try to make take steps to make that happen. But let's not forget that Michigan can shoot themselves in the foot, too. They're, they're only human. Those guys are college students. You know, they're not, they're not grizzled NFL veterans. Uh, even the NFL makes mistakes, too. So... Um, we have a, we have an absolute chance to win this game. Um, if you put a gun to my head, who would I predict to win? I guess if my life was at stake, I'd have to have to grudgingly go with Michigan. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, but would it surprise me if we pulled it off? Hell no, it wouldn't. Matter of fact, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that game against Michigan that we won here in recent years. I believe that that night they were 21-and-a-half-point favorites. They were, and they were ranked number two, and Iowa wasn't very – that was the 2016 team that didn't yeah. have a great season. So, yeah, it just – now, the one big difference, though, Don, remember, it was outside, it was cold, and what have you. The wet, the, yeah, the elements aren't going to be a factor at all. I'm worried about Donovan Edwards as much as I am Blake Corum because I think Iowa does a pretty good job of containing those running backs that pound between the tackles. Donovan Edwards gets in space, and he can do a lot of different things. I'm sure they're going to have a good plan for him. But I wanted to ask you, though, did you have any chance? I know I'm um, changing the subject here, but we're limited on time. Did you have any chance to watch Iowa State's game at Kansas State? Uh, Just a little bit of it, yes. Did you – I mean, did you watch the kid from Southeast Polk? I mean – I mean, it was incredible what he did. He had three touchdown runs longer than 60. He ended up with almost 300 yards rushing. Abu Sama, did you, I mean, did you happen to see any of his stuff? You know, I missed the actual runs. I watched some of the game, but I was cutting back and forth from other games. Um, and um, I knew he'd have – and is he a true freshman? Is a true that right? freshman, yeah. I mean, incredible yeah. what he did. Yeah. Uh, did we make a run at him? I assume we did. I, I I don't know how much they did. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say. I know they recruited yeah. him. I don't know if they offered him because this kid did not have – he was actually – he was a good football player, don't get me wrong, but he's a 24-foot state champion long jumper. I think that's what he was kind of known for even more was his long jumping ability. But, my God, he had some – and I, I've never seen Kansas State's defense worse. That's a huge win for Iowa State to go down there and beat a good Kansas State team. And that's yeah. Iowa State. Would you say that's Iowa's best win this season? Well, I guess so. I think we've beaten three teams with winning records. I think, as I recall, um, 
Let's see, the Badgers are seven wins. Badgers also, are seven right? and five. I think Iowa State's better than Wisconsin right now. I think they would beat Wisconsin in the game. But, you know, we'll never see that. But yeah. um, And then Minnesota ended up – Minnesota, it's so weird. It's almost like they're being punished for that fair catch thing. They they have been terrible since the Iowa game. Yeah. yeah but they still right. made a bowl game. Yeah, um, yeah, at five and seven, they're in a bowl game. But what do you think – what happened to Minnesota? Oh, they they are going to get to go to a bowl. Okay, here's seven. let me break this down because I actually did is some it, research is it for, on this. Is it for sure? I mean, yes, I, because what ha- they needed four games to break a certain way on Saturday. The Norfolk State game, I think, was one of them. Louisiana Lafayette game, the UCLA game, and the Hawaii game. They needed all those to break. A so certain they would way. have teams with winning records and, or at least five hundred. Well, but yeah. then the teams that got in before them, I didn't know this was a rule, were the ineligible teams like Jacksonville State and, and James Madison. James Madison, yeah. The NCAA so is not budging on that stupid rule. Well, they're letting them in now because of this. There weren't enough teams. Oh, okay. So now they get in. You know what this suggests to me? we got too many bowl games. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then it goes down to academics, and all the teams that were better than them academically are either already in a bowl game or had less than five wins, so Minnesota That's gets funny, in. too, though, because they had just ruled recently that they weren't going to change their right. mind on James Madison. Now they're forced to. I didn't even know that was a rule until this morning. What do you I think of it? that rule, Don, that you have to wait a certain amount of time before when you move up from one level before you can play? In a, that just seems stupid. If you're good enough, you're good enough. Am I not right? Right, you are right, and let's face it. There, James Madison's a good example. They had uh, great success year after year in FCS football. Yeah, um, and um, they clearly made an easy transition. Now they're not playing a killer schedule, I assume. I don't even know. Are they in the Sun Belt? Maybe. That I'm not. Sure. I believe that's what it is. But yeah, no, it's not a killer schedule. But they're beating all their opponents. Yeah, I mean, what else can you do? The the games you're putting that are put in front of you. If you win them, then what can you? How can you be critical of them for that? You know, if they're good enough to win them, then they win them. I agree. Dumb uh, rule. My favorite yeah. part of the Minnesota thing is they found out at one in the morning because that's when Hawaii won with a game-winning kick as time expired against Colorado State and Honolulu. So they found at one well, o'clock Sunday morning they're going to a bowl game. I think it's absurd. What do we got? Thirty-four bowl games or something? Is that right? Uh, they said there were eighty-two spots, so that would so be forty-one. 40, forty-one bowl games. We're up to forty-one now. My yeah. God, that's that's ridiculous. Go with the playoffs, I guess. Who heard of? Getting to go to a bowl game after you have a losing season. Yeah, I don't. I, I, that's the world we live in. It's all about making money. I'm sure it'll be a great bowl game, too, they go to yeah. five and seven. I guess it's, it's a concession that everybody gets a ribbon, right? We're going to try to participation sure trophy. More. Yeah. Yeah, participation trophy. Uh, we're a bowl team. Well, you're a losing team. You're five and seven. So be quiet and go home. No, that, that, that's a good way to look at it. Now, Don, um, Northwestern, David Braun, I watched that game. I mean, I mean, it was a fun game to watch. It was 45-42. to 42. I keep reminding myself, God, this is Big Ten football. David Braun, 7-5. and five. Obviously, the Big Ten coach of the year, you could go either way with he or Kirk. I wrote something yesterday saying I give Braun the slightest edge just because of how I viewed the teams coming into the season. I had Iowa 9-3 and, nine and three or 10-2 and two and – Competing for the West title with Wisconsin, I had right. Northwestern maybe one and eleven, two and ten. Thought, just didn't think they could compete at all. I mean, just talk about the job both of those head coaches have done. Yeah, let's face it. In July, they were a dumpster fire. They were a dumpster fire, and he's won. Yeah. They have a chance to win eight games. Yeah, and I'm sure he, the first thing he would do is give great credit to the players. But sure, you got to give the coaches some credit too. They've clearly set a good example uh, in terms of preparation for the games and. And uh, it's fun to watch Northwestern play. I watched some of that Northwestern Illinois game. Um, poor Brady probably feels just snake bit. How often do you see a, a guy cough the ball up on a kickoff 
and the ball be returned for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it, – yeah, he looked snake bit. He looked like a couple times when they showed him on the side, like, what the hell is going on? But that's the game. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a really a comedy of errors on both sides, and, and I guess it, it, it was a little bit like the finish of our game. You know, it was uh, – you know, we throw an interception, they turn right around two plays later and throw an interception. Um <laughs> And then, and then, you know, we win with a kicker that's never kicked in a Big Ten game. <laughs> it was so bizarre. Crazy stuff. Really, it was more like a, a script for a movie than it was a it Big was. Ten football game. No, you're right about that. Now, you did see Tom yeah. Allen at Indiana was fired. I mean, that does not surprise me. Great, Seems like a great guy. Media loved him. Players loved him. But like you know, Don, it's a, it's a win-win. It's a win business. And... What do you think? What do you? Where do you think Indiana turns to? And I wanted to ask you about the Mark Stoops to Texas A and M stuff because oh, yeah. that was weird because it looked like there was a deal going, but then it sounds like Texas A and M fans and donors just revolted, and they kind of backed away on it. But first, Tom Allen. I, I mean, do, do you know him at all? Have you ever met him? And I mean, are you surprised? I do not. I, I'm of course observed him in a lot of press conferences, a lot of games. Um, you know, he sounds like a wonderful man. He does. Uh, the thing I appreciate, he was always upbeat on the sidelines. Yes. You know, trying to player coach, trying to um, energize his team as best he could. And um, Indiana's a you know a more difficult than average job. It is. Um, it all starts with you know you you need a recruiting footprint. You know you need to have uh, a pool of players that you have a chance to recruit. And let's face it, state of Indiana doesn't produce that many players, and you got to you got to fight with uh, with Purdue, and you got to fight with South Bend, with um, Notre Dame for players within the state, and so you're going to lose a lot of those battles. It's a difficult job. Where do you recruit to? You know. No, you're right, um, and Iowa for that matter. Iowa's had some success recruiting in Indiana. Yeah. So has Michigan. No, it's a. It'll be interesting to see where they go. I know. Um, a name that always pops up for these jobs is Jim Leonard, who I believe now is at. I think he's with Brett at Ellen. I'm not sure where he is. I I know I've been. I knew. I just. It's. I'm drawing a blank on where Jim Leonard is right now. But he's a name that's out there. What, I mean, what do you think Indiana will do? Do you think they'll go for another Power Five head coach, or are they going to be in a position where they can get another Power Five head coach to say, "Yeah, I'm leaving here to go to Indiana"? That's not going to be easy. Yeah, you know they 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 should at least. Uh, consider guys that are under the radar, uh, and you got to do your due diligence. Of course, you can't hire the wrong guy. Uh, but there's there are some outstanding coaches that maybe maybe it's a coordinator at a um, not even at a Power Five school. It might be a coordinator at a uh, a Group of Five school. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another FBS school that's done well. Maybe he's prepared to be a head coach. You, I, I would put a lot of stock in the fact who's he working for. If he's working for a really good head coach, is it hard to imagine that he might project to be a really good head coach if only because he's learned from someone that knows what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Prime example, of course, would be working for a guy like Coach Fry. Sure. You know, you learn how to be a head coach by observing the head coach. Uh, and um, so maybe there's a guy that we're not familiar with name-wise uh, that would be an ideal choice. Part of part of Indiana's problem, I think, is this perception uh, a little bit like KU's had the issue. They're perceived as a, as a basketball school. Yeah. You know, so it's hard. Uh, if you're going to buy season tickets, are you going to buy them for football or basketball? Maybe you can't afford to buy both. Mm-hmm. So what you end up with is a little smaller uh, crowd, you know, because of Indiana basketball, maybe. Uh, 
some people are choosing IU basketball over football. And and Indiana women are also good uh, in basketball. Yes, they are. As I recall. So uh, so that stadium, somebody said that senior day, I didn't see the crowd. It was terrible. For the game. Well, wait a minute. Was it where did they play Indiana Purdue? Where was well, Indiana played? Purdue had a good crowd. That was at Purdue, but but at the Purdue, week before yeah. it was the week before it was stunning. How, it was senior day. How few people were there? Yeah, somebody made the comment. Isn't that tragic on senior day that they can't draw a crowd? Don, it didn't look like uh, there was ten thousand people in that stadium. Yeah, that, that's those players don't deserve that. You know, they deserve the full support of the Indiana fans. And uh, it's easy for me to say because I don't have to buy the ticket, but. But I got got to believe they're they're not selling them for a premium price either. You know, it couldn't cost you that much oh, to go no. to an Indiana game. Well, Don, there were some empty seats at Illinois Northwestern. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. that upper deck was a, there a lot of empty seats. Well, the same thing applies to to Brett. You know, Brett's got a got a. Uh, it's easy to be enthusiastic in September, maybe, but what about when November rolls around and you you're already out of the bowl picture or whatnot? That's not good. Although they did have a chance to be a bowl team. Yeah, they were. They ended up five and seven. So yeah, that there was a well, lot. Maybe right. they can be a five and seven bowl team. Is that a possibility? Well, I or, I, I think. Why did Minnesota get? Did, acad- there's an academic element to it where you have. So I don't know exactly how it works out, but the NCAA ranks them academically. Okay, I didn't know. If and it you was get it by academics, yeah. all the five and seven. Teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you though, Don. Forty, um, forty-one bowl games is way too many. But I yeah. guess, and, and some of them come and go because they don't yeah. make money and whatever. I'm trying to think. I think we've covered everything, and I'm with you, Don. I don't. I I wouldn't pick Iowa to win Saturday, but I don't think it's going to be like two years ago. I think they've learned from that. I think this veteran savvy defense with six year seniors, I I think they're going to be able to keep it within striking distance. And I mean, it, and just your final thoughts. Is that kind of how you feel too? Just they, they've got a chance. <laughs> Absolutely, we have a chance. It's it's gonna. We're gonna have to play the, the best game of the year. Sure, to be able to pull it off. And they're gonna have to struggle a little bit. My gosh, is there a better time to play the last game and the, the best game of the year in game thirteen? I mean, you, theoretically, and this is one thing Kirk always preaches: we got to improve from one game to the next. Mm-hmm. We have to improve from one day to the next. So, in theory, you should be playing your best game of the year in game thirteen. Yeah, that's a good point. And that'll hold up until game 14. The bowl game should be even better because, you know, just one week at a time, we're eliminating mistakes. I know we made some mistakes last weekend for the first time even, uh, but we're going to eliminate them. It's not likely to happen again this week. And thankfully, you know, we have a learning experience from last weekend and it didn't cost us a game. We still won the game anyway. So it should be, uh, um, you know, I just hope, and I said even a month ago, I said, here's what here's what we need to do. We need to win out. We need to win these last four games, in part because the Big Ten deserves the best possible representative from the West. And the only way we can uh, fit that bill is to go there with a great record. Go there with a 10-2 and two record. We can do that. We're 6-2 and two at the time. We win the last four. We're 10-2. and two. Okay, that's a, that's a record to be proud of. It's it not sure easy is. to go 10-2. and two. No, you're right. Uh, especially when you factor in more injuries than the average team has. At key and positions. So, yeah, so we just need to go there and play like a championship football team. Incidentally, two weeks ago, uh, I did say uh, we played like a championship football team. 
uh, or maybe it was three weeks ago. I guess it was the Rutgers game. The Rutgers game, yeah, when the twenty-two nothing. Yeah. They were they were the solid game, in all areas. Yeah, we were solid in all areas. We looked like we looked like we knew exactly what we were doing against a, an opponent that's not easy. Uh, and um, we need to show up in Indy, and we need to play like hell yeah. We expect to find a way to win this game. It's not going to be easy, but that's what championship teams do. One last question, Don. Do you expect Michigan to okay. load the box and say? Okay, you're not going to run. You're going to beat us through the air. What, what do you, or do you expect Michigan just to play straight up on defense? What do you think? Well, I, I think Michigan would prefer to just play a more base version of their defense. Uh, but make no mistake about it, if they're having trouble slowing us down in the running game, uh, they're going to make us play left-handed. They're going to load the box and dare us to throw. Okay. I think that'll happen. Well, great stuff as I hope, usual. Uh, I hope we do find them loading the box because that means – our running game is making a little bit of a difference. That is a good point. Well, Don, I'm sure hoping we're talking about a win next Monday. I mean, wouldn't that be fun? I mean, it'd be quite a thrill um, to see them upset Michigan. Sorry, Jamie, that I said that, but hey, I'm a Hawkeye before yeah. Wolverine. So, but great stuff as usual. We'll come, we'll do this again next Monday, and hopefully, we're talking about a win. And we'll be looking at a bowl matchup. And we'll be looking at a bowl matchup next Monday. Yep. Absolutely. That sounds like a great plan. Okay, Don, have a good day. Thanks, Don. All right, Don, great as usual. Thanks. Take care, guys. Bye. God, I looked up and it was five after. I mean, know. Just blew by. Yeah. Hunter's on his way to Chi-Town. Yeah. I told him he needs to close Billy Goats, too. Just let him stay the night there. (laughs) He's probably going to stop the dispensary in Ottawa. Pay for it. Well, he's he's got that down. That was number two on his list. (laughs) And he was going to go to the one in Milan, too. Yeah. We're going to hit them both. (laughs) Yes. Then I tell him, go, go to Billy Goats, close that thing, get some cheap hotel nearby. Late night tacos on the street, God. and then he'll come back here tomorrow. Who are you yelling at the, on the phone? I wasn't yelling. You look like you were yelling. Huh. Your face looked really angry. No, I wasn't yelling. Oh, okay, no, no, somebody asked about auction. I, I told him we couldn't handle it today. Say, hey, Hunter's oh, not here. He'll be back tomorrow. Staff. Call yeah. back tomorrow. Yeah. When is our next auction, by the way? Let's get that plug in. Uh, I think it's the first the, Saturday of December. That's never on a Saturday. Or, I'm sorry, Friday. Maybe a second. Well, I then think in two it's weeks. The, uh, it's coming up. It's it's on the board in the other room, but I'm thinking it's, how come the, it's not this Friday? It's the A's. It's the Santa come, store. How come it's not this Friday? It should be this Friday. No, it's not going to be this Friday. But it should be, though. Yeah, you talk to Suter about that. He's in Vegas. Well, no, you just want the Friday off. I do. Well, well you'll get that Friday. Well, well, we're not leaving for Indy until Saturday morning. We're going to leave around. I mean, the game's not until 8, 8 15 <laughs> Eastern time. So we're going to leave, check into our hotel, then go to yeah. the. And then we're staying in Crawfordsville, which is about 35 miles. you got a big brothel there. Are you going to go to the brothel? Sure. It's, yeah. You're going to go to I, that steak place everybody eats at all the time? No, because that's on the other. Beef house? That's, um, or is that going to Purdue? That's going to Purdue. Oh, okay. That's on the Illinois-Indiana east border. Okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not driving across the state to go to the freaking beef house. Somebody will. Who are you going with? I'm riding over to Rob in Dallas. Yeah. Del Bromo camp? Yeah, I'm what not, about Todd? I, I'm not sure if he's going or not. Uh, Todd's ridden. He'll with go us. to the beef house. Todd's ridden with us to some games. Yeah, is he? Uh, he got off the air an hour ago, Steve. Himself. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he's he rode with us to Wisconsin. Yeah, he got off the air an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think he's doing now? Huh? Sleeping. Probably drinking at his desk. <laughs> drinking and sleeping. Drinking, at his desk. drinking and sleeping at his desk. There you go. <laughs> Hello. I was listening to SiriusXM College Sports, and they said a name that's really flying around Indiana is uh, John Gruden. John Gruden? Really? Hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he didn't leave the 
He's had some, is that a real one, or is that well, like when Rick Majerus was going to come? Yeah, because John Gruden's got a little bit of baggage that a university may have trouble justifying, whether you like him or not. But no, I'm not denying that's interesting. I, yeah. I said I just that would that would shock me on both right, ends. Thanks. To be honest with you, you imagine going from being the NFL's hottest coach to coaching at Indiana. Rick Pitino's coming here because whatever. Oh reason. God, I remembered that. But um, <laughs> no, find some John weird Gruden, reason. remember, there's a reason yeah. he's not. He said yeah. some really controversial stuff yes look google him i can't remember if it was racial or what it was that really yeah it was pretty bad ostracized him from the nfl i mean because he was a wanted hot commodity for a lot of years he won yeah, he super- was doing a great job I mean, didn't with the he raiders. win a super bowl with tampa bay yes yeah but then he and made- he turned the raiders around before they fired him yeah and he was great personality he was a great play great color guy on team but then he said some things i can't remember what it was well, i hadn't thought of him in a while he's been canceled Woke. Woke. He's not well, woke. Well, then again, we talked about Patino. He's at St. John's, and they're filling Madison Square Garden every night. Now he's dead. Rick Patino? Oh, no. Oh, I thought I was thinking of Rick Majerus. Oh, Majerus. Yeah, because you were talking about Majerus. Earlier, earlier. there was like, yeah, Rick oh, Patino. well, we've got to go to Hard no, Hospital Patino. here. Rick Patino will coach until he is dead, and he's... Tell you what, he's in his seventies and he still looks like he's in his fifties. Yeah, I, mean, I saw well. a shot of uh, St. John's Madison Square Garden the other night, and it was packed. Yeah, and they said it's just he's obsessed with coaching. He loves yeah. it, and you know, it's, if, you're gonna, if you're going to be obsessed with something, it might as well be something that pays you about seven, eight million dollars a yeah. year. You know, Hello. Of this. Hello. Hi, Karn. You know, watching that Iowa State Kansas State game, I got cold. Oh, I that was, was a cold game. It was a fun game. I'm to a little watch. jealous because I would but have enjoyed seeing Iowa a, play it once. It was a very game. neat game. Yes. I mean, Iowa State's offense was incredible. And my kid weighed 20 pounds at four months, and I would have never called him Chuba. <laughs> yeah, that's a little odd. <laughs> but maybe that kid likes the name. And I thought the women played pretty good. Well, you could they, see they it. Yeah. I actually watched the, I watched the first half on Twitter. Yeah, and then they turn off. Then the they screen. turn it off at halftime. They're like, "How the hell did we get this thing up what, here?" I somebody watched... was tweeting the other night about the great sports rivalries. It was like Angel Hernandez versus the Strike Zone, and I was like, "You know, Flow Wrestling versus or Flow Hoops versus Iowa fan." Well, it was just weird. I'm, I'm like, "Well, I'll just sit here and watch this game for free while other people." And then you were... see Hannah Stolke's dad just started streaming it from his phone. Yeah, I, <laughs> but then at halftime they must have said, "Hey, we can't do this. We're charging people to watch this, and we're letting people see it for there free." There were people who were mad they were paying thirty bucks. Oh, I know a couple that were not happy about it. Yeah, so. But no, shout, it was a big win. Shout out to the bars that were showing it. 30 bucks? Yeah. You'll make that money back showing the game. Caitlin made, a, you know, they won in a very familiar way. Caitlin made big yeah, threes down the stretch. Yeah, she made 32 32. Points, and she missed three free throws at the end. I think she was tired. Yeah, she probably was, but she did make those threes when she needed to. And then our wrestling, I got nervous watching that. And the guy that's doing my deck comes over and brings heaters and blew the outlets. I was going to kill him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, that was impressive by the wrestling team because a lot of people were saying this is going to be the year Iowa State finally in. But no, I mean, I... Well, Brands did a good bunch of moving weights around. He did. Gabe Arnold, one of them, moving him to 184. Yeah. The, the freshman from City High who continues to be a great story. That's his second big win over a ranked opponent. That was a big one. That really paid off. Yeah, I thought they did pretty good. Well, let's get rid of this snow for a while. Yeah, uh, it'll be gone uh, Wednesday. <laughs> oh, really? It's yeah, we get, get back hot. to the 40s again. It's get, yeah, 40s and oh, really? 40s okay. the rest of this week. Because yeah. today, right now, it's like 20. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be cold today and tomorrow. Yeah, exactly 20. But if you're going to have 20, you may as well have it with no wind and sunny. 
It's yeah. if there is. Well, a, we got wind. It's, but not much. I mean, I was outside a lot this morning. Oh, I went home from my parents' place last night, and it was windy and still snowing yeah, it was a little windy bit. It was night. not fun. But this morning when I was out, it wasn't windy at all. It was just uh, really still. Lily just rolled. Well, I would say, I would say this weekend was very good for the for Iowa. They lost. Uh, they lost uh, that one men's game, but other than that, we won. Lots of things. Yeah. yeah. Then they yeah. came back and won the next game for the men. Yeah, and they did. They played fairly well. And Oklahoma won a beating see, USC. See, no, it was very good. No, I don't think they're very good either. Oklahoma's very good. Yeah, at least they are yeah. so far. They weren't picked to be very good this year, so we'll see. And they, they won it. That was the first game they had not won by 12 or more points this year was that yeah, game we'll, they beat USC. We'll see if they can sustain. Okay, guys. Bye, well, Kurt. take care. All right. Yeah. Okay, Gruden in uh, 2018 returned to the Raiders as their head coach. He led the team until his resignation in 2021 after it was publicly revealed that he wrote and sent many racist, yeah. misogynistic, and homophobic emails between 2011 and 2018. Yeah, I mean, hey, let's. Uh, a university is going to be able to hire Tampa Bay removed Gruden from the Ring of Honor. And then in 2023, it was brought in by the New Orleans Saints. And Uh, I know people, you know, change and what have you. But there's a lot of people that have done less than that who've been who've been blackballed and ostracized forever. I mean, it just how how long do you have to be accountable for what you've done? I mean, I, I it'll be interesting to see. Don't you think that'd be a tough justification for a university to? I don't think this university would consider. I don't think they would either. I'm not saying, I mean, I would be more apt to think an NFL team would maybe. The problem is, though, NFL rosters are 60, 70% black. Yeah. And uh, that's tough. Well, but remember, I, they tried to hire Doyle at uh, Jacksonville, and that never, got scrapped that real quick. Within hours. Urban that was, Meyer got. Yeah, I mean, it was so. That's an inter- I had not heard that, but I haven't actually been really doing a lot of research yeah. on the Indiana. Well, coaches. there's a lot of articles speculating. That's just I just don't know him. how how the academia side, the administration side, could justify that hiring under the circumstances. I don't think some universities care. Well, in a place like Indiana, they're desperate to make a statement. Yeah, they're desperate to and they find. They employed Bobby Knight for many years. They're desperate to find lightning in a bottle, find something to overcome all the stuff that Don talked yeah, about. Yeah, but even. Indiana, I mean... Well, Bobby, Bobby Knight, Knight had all his faults. He wasn't a racist. No. no. At least I don't believe he was. I, he was he, as miserable to white people he, as he was black people. Yeah. He was just a mean, bully jerk. Yeah. I don't think color had anything to do no. with it. I no. mean, he may have been a little bit of a... Sec- I mean, oh. I, 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 hey, get back in the kitchen. He seemed a little old-fashioned with his well, views. Well, that, that whole rape thing with Connie Chung. That, if it's going to happen, just enjoy it. And I've, I've heard stories about how he would yell at his secretaries. and He was just a miserable He was a being. miserable person, though. But I don't think it was race-related. No. Yeah, and, and you can say misogynistic, but, uh, you know, he said worse things to men, too. Yeah, yeah he was just a jerk he all around. poop at him. He yeah. was just a jerk all around. <laughs> I mean, he's just a mean... Mean, self-centered bully. <laughs> he threw poop at him. But that um, he was like, uh, he was like college sports. As, uh, remember down in Puerto Rico yeah. when he was with the Olympic team and he punched the guard. I mean, yeah. he was just a yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is going to be interesting to see. I will be shocked if it's Gruden, but it will be fascinating to watch the coverage and how they try to justify because you know all that stuff's going to oh, come yeah. up. Yeah. Okay, Coach, what about this text? Well, we just brought it up. Well, we just brought it up, yeah, Yeah. and we don't really even care. (laughs) Here, we got to take a break. We'll be back.
1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy, just remember one number, 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember, for a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime. Find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Don't wait for an emergency to get a backup for your car keys. Unlike the olden days, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's eKeys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys that are on the market today. For spares and lost keys, Mike's eKeys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, high security, and remote head keys. Mike's eKeys for Cars will keep you on the road. Call 319-330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Don't wait until it's too late. Call 319-330-9185 today. Earning $100 in free play at Wild Rose Casino and Hotel is as easy as one, two, three. Sign up to be a part of Club Wild and you could earn up to $50 in free play on your first visit. But it doesn't stop there. You could earn an additional $25 in free play when you come back a second and third time. When we say you'd rather be here, we mean it. Join Club Wild today and you could earn up to $100 in free play. See Club Wild for details. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling, transforming your home into the space you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400-4483. Let's start building your dream home today. Hawkeye fans, you love watching the black and gold. You know Hawkeye black and gold. As a Hawkeye fan, there are no better colors than the Hawkeye black and gold. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson. When you're buying, selling, or refinancing your property, consider the green and white team, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Give us a call at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. It's that wonderful holiday time of the year. Moments of eating too much, spending time with family, in some cases maybe trying to avoid family. However you choose to celebrate, the Diamond Dental Team of Dr. Forbes, Kate, Michelle, Michaela, and Kim would like to wish everyone a happy, healthy, and safe holiday. Here's hoping you enjoy every minute of this joyous time of the year. Rest assured, Diamond Dental is here, providing superior care for your entire family during the holiday season and all year long. The Sanctuary Pub in downtown Iowa City has been a fixture since 1972 and still features a classic menu, 
such as the classic shepherd's pie, handcrafted pizzas, and craft beers and cocktails. The Sanctuary Pub is known for its warm and cozy atmosphere. That's the perfect place to spend time with family and friends while enjoying live music. Support great local food with socially distanced dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through Chomp Delivery. The Sanctuary Pub is located at 405 South Gilbert Street. Full menu options are online at SanctuaryPub.com. Come experience the Sanctuary Pub. You won't ever want to leave. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. From your friends at the Midtown Family Restaurants comes a sincere holiday wish. May happiness brighten your holidays and remain with you throughout the new year. Warmest season's greetings from the Midtown Family Restaurant. GT Car, owner of Supel's Building and Remodeling, has been offering unmatched service and quality for over 25 years. The trained professionals at Supel's Building and Remodeling will install and guarantee the products used in any job, no matter how big or small. They also stand behind their work and offer no-nonsense, exceptional customer service, from design to completion and beyond. Whether it's a simple window replacement or a major house addition, you'll have the confidence that Supel's Building and Remodeling is committed to quality. Visit suples.net or call them today at 319-337-2246. Been waiting all year long for year-end savings? The wait is over. This is Patrick Eads, owner of Deary Ford in Iowa City. Get a new 2023 Ford F-150 Super Crew XLT up to $6,500 off MSRP plus 1.9% financing. Get a new 2023 Ford Escape up to $3,000 off MSRP plus 0.9% financing. Get a new 2024 Ford up to 4000 off MSRP plus 0% financing. Hurry in or shop online at DearyFord.com. Hi, this is Jill Sterner with Sterner Taxidermy in Lone Tree. It's hunting season again, and I'm inviting all of you hunters to follow us on our Facebook page. You can view Dirk's award-winning artistry, his workmanship that he completes with each individual piece. We can be reached at 319 330 1774 again 319-330-1774 the Oxyoke Inn Sunday brunch is back still offering so many choices of fresh entrees homemade salads waffles egg choices pastries three tiers of desserts and much more serve nine until one such a great value see you this Sunday Oxyoke Inn where you'll always leave happy. The We're back. We're back. We're back. We got a lot of things going on. <laughs> he found a picture of Suter with a glass of wine and a steak. Both Suters. Yeah. yeah. Wine and steak. He's yeah. got wine, she's got wine, and then he's got a steak, and then there's a picture of the bar. <laughs> well... Their 40th anniversary. I know. No, I'm not blaming them. And wine and steak have been co-pilots throughout this journey. (laughs) Yes, they have. (laughs) Shut up. You think they're listening now? I don't know. (laughs) You don't ever know. So we're talking about during the break, and I didn't catch this because obviously we're listening after the 
stream went down and we're following Hannah Stulke's dad streaming it on Twitter. But uh, is it Dargan Southard? Is that how you pronounce it? The, from the register so. was there? Yeah. I have never seen Lisa Bluter as livid as she just was. She was already heated looking for a three-second call and seemed like Kansas State's Jeff Mitty, who I assume is their head coach, got involved in the conversation with an official. Bluter then cranked up the intensity to where Jan Jensen had to settle her down. Hey, wow. The heat of the battle. Yeah. 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 Rivalry with Kansas State now. Yep. Yeah. I mean, everyone has a temper. I mean, Lisa yeah. was pissed that they weren't calling three seconds. And yeah. Then they eventually, I think they did call it. Then they called played. it, and then the Kansas State coach was probably pissed, saying that Lisa was influencing the officials. And next thing you know, you had a man and a woman right there at midcourt yeah. scrapping. I think she could have dropped him. That's what America's all about, isn't it? Isn't that what America's all about? <laughs> yeah. Somebody on the phone wanted to rip Rob Brooks. <laughs> Why to us? What do we? Rip? I don't know. Yeah, we don't have anything to do. Why with... would you rip Rob Brooks? He's yeah. about as harmless as an Easter egg. Yeah, he's like a super nice guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a nice guy. He's Bob's son. I know. I just, they, they just don't like him. <laughs> I've seen the, the band Rat with him before. You've lost me on that one. <laughs> oh, you went. The hair band. We saw him in Clinton at oh, the pig pen. Okay. Well, that's your guys' fault. <laughs> well, yeah, wrote, well, when I used to live in Cedar Rapids, we hung out and we'd go to concerts I've and stuff. actually lost a little respect for him. Knowing that he went for <laughs> Are they round and yeah, round? Yeah, round and round. Oh, God, I'm sorry. YouTube's shutting us down? <laughs> Not, for done? Not for Rat. No. I think Rat's okay. Rat doesn't count. <laughs> Did you like that song, Round and Round? No, not really. I hated it. I, ah, I rat. love Rat. I've seen some incarnation of Rat. In I saw Could rat. you imagine if Rat opened for Poison? I saw That'd Rat in a Probably rat not. fight with Lisa. Who yeah. At, uh, Bobby Blotzer, the drummer. Yeah. I mean, I, he's yeah, a nice that. guy. I've hung out with him. Well, what about Rat opening for Poison, though? I think I'm on to something. you imagine how they could yeah, that? How would you pro- get it, Rat? Poison. Yes, right. you get that. Yeah, yeah. I figured yes, that out. I get that. <laughs> and they probably have at some point those hairbands. Don't you, you think look, that'd be pretty you cool? Look at me like, <laughs> well, I don't have my glasses on. Hey, right stupid! Now. <laughs> You'd be. You would have promoted. That. You would have promoted that in the eighties, wouldn't you? Yeah. You would have been all over that. Yeah. that poison. That poison. Yeah, he threw a bottle at her foot and cut her foot. Yeah. Well, that ain't and very she nice. picked up the bottle. Well, the stories I've heard, she had it coming though. Huh? The stories I've heard, she had it coming though. I don't know about that. Well, you know, she picked up a bottle and was going to kill him. And our, the sheriff that helped, the assistant deputy that helped with all our shows, had to hold her back with the bottle. She was good. Sounds like Janice Joplin. <laughs> she, she, she wasn't putting up with it. Hello. Hey, good morning, fellas. Hey, hey Terry. Terry. Hey, Pat, I got a question for you okay has there been any discussion regarding if drew stevens is fighting a nagging injury no kirk didn't make any reference to that just said it was just a game time decision because drew had a rough day as kirk put it in the post-game press conference he was just having a rough day well if, if you look back over the last three games he hasn't performed very well at all i think what is it five missed field goals and two kicks out of bounds and I was just curious to see if he maybe had a nagging injury and of course Kirk probably wouldn't tell us anyway no he probably wouldn't and I mean like the one game he missed a field goal but then didn't he come back and make his last four or three something like that in that game so yeah I mean he was still 17 to 23 from field goals going into that game I mean he's been I mean he had a little bit of a skid but there's this narrative on Twitter oh he's been struggling all year no he hasn't I mean he's he's been in the you know winning being nominated for awards, but no, I Kirk gave no chance, and to me, well, Kirk, Kirk even said he would have used him if it was a longer field goal. Yes, he yeah. said he would have used him if it was a longer field goal. That's not a guy who's injured. Okay, 
All right. Well, I was just just curious. Yeah, I assumed um, it was an injury until Kirk gave his explanation. Okay. Okay. All right, guys, keep up the good work. Go uh, hard. All right, Terry. Thanks, Terry. I think there's obviously a mechanical issue. He's kicking the ball really low right now, and he's also kicking it at an angle. That's why it rolled out of bounds. It's just they saw that, and I think, he, like Don said, he got the yibs. It happens. I mean, I remember remember Steve Sachs couldn't throw from second base to first yeah. base. Weird things happen. Knobloch, like Chuck Knobloch had yeah, that. Yeah, Chuck Knobloch and Go- Ian Baker-Finch in golf. Sometimes you lose it. You hope with Drew and it's just temporary. There's been kickers that have lost it. I mean, they go and, and a lot of it's mental, so we'll see. But And it's one game. And Caleb Clark had a bad game. You I mean, know, we he, lost Kansas State that first he time. Did miss a, he's missed a couple other field goals, but he's usually come back and made field goals after missing. It's like he'll miss his first one, then make two or three in a row. I mean, but 17 out of 23, that's not bad. I mean, that's rat poison. You like that? Rat poison, yeah. yeah, I do. Are they still performing? Maybe we can make this work. Yeah, I believe they Get are. Get them in yeah. Wild Rose. The new lead singer is named Jizzy Pearl. That's a good name. Yeah, that's a great name. <laughs> I think he's in the wrong industry. <laughs> Remember that movie with George C. Scott, Hardcore? <laughs> no. No. Where his daughter, I think it was called, Google George C. Scott, Hardcore. His daughter. No, was, I don't want to Google that. No, George C. Scott was a father in Michigan. His daughter goes to California on some field trip and gets into the porn industry. I thought it was called Hardcore. It might be. I, I mean, it was know. a good, it was a kind of a pathetic, sick, sad movie. But George C. Scott was good in this character. He went from, because I remember, I was little, I remember watching him in Patton, and the next thing you know, he's the father of a porn star. Yeah. And one of the characters in the movie's name was Jism Jim. That's what, <laughs> made, me, that's what made me think about it. We went from Coach Patterson to this. I, went, I remember watching that as a teenager. You find it? Uh, George C. Scott, I think it was hardcore. I thought that's what it was called. And he goes out to California to rescue her. You be careful Googling hardcore on the company computer. No, that's true. Who knows what you're going to get these <laughs> days. Go to IMDb. I'm not getting it. I'll go really? to IMDb. I'll have to be look. called something else. Yeah, what was it? I thought it was called hardcore. If anyone's listened that remembers George C. Scott, 1979. Oh, there it is. A conservative Midwest businessman ventures into the underworld of pornography in California to look for his runaway teenage daughter who's making porno films in California's porno pits. Okay, so 79. Wow, I thought it was in the mid-early 70s, so I was 15 then. It was in a good TV show, too. Peter Boyle's in it? it Yeah, I remember Peter Boyle's character. Season Hubley plays the daughter. Dick Sargent was in it. Wow, perfect guy for a porn movie. There you go, Dick Sargent. Dick Sergeant. All right, back Larry to the Hawks. Block. Back to the Hawks. I guess the men's basketball team's the only thing we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, they play um, eight o'clock. Women's wrestling's been off, and I don't think they wrestle for the a men. While. Play, I believe it's eight o'clock Wednesday against North Florida. I'm yes. guessing the attendance might Big be Big Ten a, Network. I'm guessing the attendance might be an issue for that game. Yeah, eight o'clock North Florida Wednesday. That's just not. That's a tough sell. Yeah, at least it'll be on regular TV. People can find it. That'll make it harder to get people to see. Yeah, good point. Kind of defeats the purpose. But Um, nobody's driving in from Des Moines for an 8 o'clock Wednesday night game. So you said, though, by Tuesday, Wednesday, the weather's back in the 40s? I think 45, something like that. How about Friday and Saturday? Uh, Sunny, mid-30s Friday, (sighs) near 40 on Saturday. So easy traveling, man, to the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah, I don't think there's any snow in the forecast. We have been so fortunate. And then, you know, when I looked up and saw it yesterday, I didn't mind a little snow on the ground. No. It's good. I would, this would be perfect for like Christmas. I like having a little snow on the ground for Christmas. That's yeah, just me. I'm this is perfect. Fashion. You're not no travel problems. Just like I watch, I like watching It's a Wonderful Life in black and white instead of color. And it was weird. It was on the E Network. Hmm. It's amazing who oh, buys the rights it, to that. It's on everything. Yeah, well, e I couldn't is, find anywhere but the E Network. E is owned by I think NBC. 
Yeah, it's weird. I said the E Network because that I was makes looking. sense because NBC used to show it. I yeah, NBC will again. used to show it. USA Today had it a couple years ago. That's, that's NBC. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's been kind of there. It's like a hot potato. What are you looking up now? You got more George here? You all over that hard? No, part. he was in this. Uh, I, I didn't find it, but he's in was in this TV show for one. Oh, it was East Side West Side. And he was a social worker, and he was good. I mean, it was real. Smart. I just remember him from Patton. It was too good to, and too deep to be on television. How about yeah. Taps? Remember him in Taps? Yeah. yeah, that movie with Tom Cruise and all the young stars yeah. just starting out. Remember that one with Timothy Hutton? What's the movie they have the the gift from where he's crying that I see all the time, where George C. Scott's like crying? I see it on Twitter all the could time. Could be it's hardcore. It could be. Could yeah. be hardcore. Yeah. When he found out what was going on, because he did a little cry, but he also smashed Jism Jim over the head with a hotel lamp. It says here um, where he was crying because he didn't like Rob Brooks's coverage. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> You're just trying to appease that lady, now. Well, no, I don't. I just think it's wild that just out of the blue, someone calls to rip Rob Brooks. <laughs> Hell, rip me! I'm here. There's a lot to rip. We're defending you, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, sort of. He did a softball game for us once. The university had us do a softball game because yeah. I think KXIC had an Iowa baseball game, and they were contractually obligated. So you know, carried... I don't know why people contact, and they did. And I even got a call, and I got it on Facebook not to release my number, and the number was there yeah. anyway. Uh, they wanted to – how come KXIC is not – carrying the football game and so i you know i called up dirk and he, he called up the manager because he didn't know they weren't carrying and they said well they're gonna because they have to start the basketball game. but why do they think you would know i don't know and then they didn't and then i got calls that they weren't carrying the basketball game yeah but it was on Constant. wmt though right it's, I, I don't know about the basketball game the football game was yeah, so... Yeah. Now, Karn said she tried to listen to the basketball game on KXIC and it wasn't on. Yeah, I mean, well, but why are they calling? I don't have anything to, you know, and I tell this one person that calls me, look, I don't know anything about that station. You know, our station doesn't yeah, have... Oh, we have you're all with. owned by the same people. No. I, <laughs> I, that's it's amazing what, what people believe. And no, I'm I not said, denying it. It's just yeah, amazing what people I believe. I said, well, I own KCJJ and I don't have anything to do with... So I don't know what you're talking you know, I can't help you. Did he say you were woke? All right, hey, bro. you're going to like this. I'm going to cut myself down, Tommy Suter. Yeah. Um, somebody was listening when I was giving you grief about being fascinated with yourself. Yeah. Some guy at Hy-Vee the other day said, like, you know, if you think about it, in defense of Captain, I'd be fascinated with myself too if I spent every day staring across the room at you, Hunter, <laughs> Lang, and Suter. That's what the guy said. Oh, and I'm like, oh, God, I'll let him know that. Why you say that? You know, what am I supposed to do? But this guy, this guy said, he goes, look at him. What's he going to do? He's, he's in a room with you and Suter, Hunter, and Lang. What the hell? And what am I I said, hey, you know, I, and he was, I assume it was his wife. She kind of gives me a look like, well, you know, he's making a point. What am I supposed to say? Yeah. I'm like, hey, good. Nice I can't argue with it. Nice talking to you, too. I'm like, God, Captain's going to love this. Well, it's just. But he took Suter he's, down, too. I have only myself to talk about. I don't. You, you can don't talk know. about Suter. Hey, Suter, they're not here. We can throw some yeah, jabs Yeah, let's talk about it now that he's not here. He's not here. It's the best time to talk about it. I'm not talking about 
let's see, what time? Is Vegas two hours behind or one? It's two. two. I think it's so Pacific. It's, what, it's just about 9.30 there, I'm guessing. 8.30, yeah. Guessing there. Is it, or is it two? I think I it's two. I thought it was Pacific time. Yeah, it is. That's two, two hours. hours. That would be, that would be 8.30. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're, just, they're, they're just rising. They're getting, planning their little yeah. um, brunch. Yeah. And then... Um, By the way, in honor of the Suterman show, I did wear my... Uh, Night Ranger, Night uh, Dawn Patrol T-shirt <laughs> under my Hawkeye marching band sweatshirt today. For don't you. tell you what is it? Don't, don't tell, tell me you love me. Was don't from that tell album. me you yeah. love me. That's yeah. a, I like that. Doesn't want to be told that you love him. Yeah. I like that. A lot of synthesizers in that one. <laughs> I would like to get rat, rat, poison. rat, rat poison. <laughs> That's great. I can't. Do you think they, ever, they should have played together? That would have been I a bet no. They did. Oh, I'm sure they've toured together. <laughs> that would have been a no-brainer promotion. Rat, rat poison. You know, you have a big old rat as part of the poster with that little jar of poison right next to it. I think yeah. that, that would have gone over big. I'm not a fan of either band. I mean, if you had to pick one over the other, who are you picking? I think Poison's the bigger band because they still tour and people love Brett so Michaels. Rat. Who's a super nice guy, by the way. Oh, Brett Michaels is Poison? I've heard of him. Yeah, he's watch. actually, I met him backstage at a show at Hawkeye Downs. He's a super nice is guy. Is he really? Okay. Taking pictures with all the so roadies. Like, what's yes, their they did. Uh... It was called Rat Poison. There you go. All right. And there, the t- tour was one of the highest grossing tours of 1987. God, my senior year of college. Yeah. So 30, 36 you years You could have seen ago. Rat Poison in college. Man, I, I was ahead of my time, man. I could have given that promotion. Yeah. <laughs> and I guarantee I would not have gone to that if you would have paid me. Because I never liked that type of music. But what's Poison's famous? What's one of their... Every Rose Has Its Thorn... Uh, oh, that's bop. poison. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would have thought that was Guns and Roses. See, I don't know what I'm talking no. about. When you get into the hair bands, I'm lost. Nothing but a good time. We used to play the Rough Rider games when we shot the T-shirts out. Okay. All I know is there's a video of Ian Anderson playing his flute with Uriah Heep. On I saw it the other day. Somehow it propped up on my timeline. Uh, prog rock videos. Uh, and I thought of you, Captain. It's so, it's so and I listened to the song for like two or three minutes, and I didn't like I it. I thought it was so stupid. Oh, the well, there's nothing wrong with playing the flute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you mean, can have Uriah Heap tour with garbage and be garbage heap. There you go. <laughs> but I mean, the, I mean, like I said, there's a couple songs where the flute works with. But I mean, I didn't get the minstrel and the playing with the with the right and leg the up against the suits, left. Yeah, yeah. Why is the right like a crane? He looks like a I crane. No, I didn't get the whole thing. I just thought like the Pied Piper up there. I thought it was terrible. I really did. I thought, Jesus, what is this? What, Aqualong or just Jethro Tull as a whole? As a whole. You hate him as a band as a whole. I guess. It's a little strong. I don't know that I hate you them. Don't know <laughs> I have no issue. Hate's a little strong. Yeah. You're just not interested in what they're, they had to Yeah. I just didn't care. Okay, Jethro Tull or Cheap Trick? Uh, cheap Trick. Oh, I like Cheap Trick a lot. Okay. Yeah. Surrender. Rockford, Illinois, aren't they? Surrender, but don't give yourself away. Don't give yourself away. Hello? Good morning, guys. This is Jeff from Bettendorf. How are you guys doing today? Hi, Good, Jeff. Jeff. How are you? Good. Hey, I just want to tell you, Brett Michaels is coming to the fair next year in Downport, the Mississippi Valley Fair, Friday, August 2nd. Wow. Okay. Just by himself? Uh, a solo performance? Yeah, he's doing solo. Solo? Okay. But he does poison songs. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Captain, try to get, Captain, try to get him on. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. You're welcome. I bet he's more receptive to coming on than other people who've tried to vote. I think it'd be funny if you could get him and well, not he's the cow sales. To be a nice guy. 
Well, he just said he's Yeah, I met him backstage, and he was like, I interviewed him, and he's like, come under my bus, come on, whatever you need. I had President Obama, President Bush on the air, and I couldn't get Get the cow sales. I think it'd be funny, though, if he came on. (laughs) And not only couldn't I get them, she was in Southern I asked. Yeah, I remember that. Well, it was my idea. Yeah. Well, in all fairness to her, though, she thought that we employed Rob Brooks. Well, that's That's true. true. That's true. (laughs) Okay. What was more stunning to you, them, the councils not wanting to be on, or how much the Royal Guardsmen wanted to perform at that event in Coralville when we moved out there? Is that what they wanted, 25 grand? Uh, 21 something. To do a song about Snoopy. <laughs> that's all they got. I know. And it's not even Hang On Snoopy, is it? No, no that's Hang On Sloopy. That's Hang On Sloopy, but yeah. still, I used to always like to say Hang On Snoopy. I would rather have listened to that song. Who did that song? Uh, uh, the uh, McCoys. That's okay. Yeah. So, but like Souter said, somebody was paying them that or they wouldn't have been asking I that. guess. Or they just didn't See, want to do it. We they... were going to do the grand opening. So we what were, were you willing have... to pay? What were you thinking they were charge? Five grand? Five grand. Okay. And and uh, Ed Ed Kooky Burns was coming out uh, for three grand. So we were going to spend about 10 grand on the whole thing. Yeah. But then they wanted 21 grand. That's incredible. That's a lot. <laughs> just for canceled, one show. Cancel the whole thing. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it was ridiculous. The Stones, aren't the Stones touring right now? Uh, they've just announced a tour, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, guess who they're sponsored by? Um, AARP. <laughs> yeah. And you get a discount if you're an AARP member. <laughs> yes. tickets. Yeah. I mean, embrace yeah, it. Why Jan not? Chad and I, because we're AARP members, you know, uh, and we open up this envelope from AARP. And we can get like a 25% discount on Rolling Stones. Some of those guys in that band have been eligible for AARP for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. So is this a big, extensive, worldwide tour? Or uh, a North American tour. I think it's only got like maybe a dozen dates or 15 dates. Okay. I think they're at Soldier Field. Okay. And then uh, Man, their staying. wives are uh, are sponsored by Highlights for Boys and Girls. Yeah. So that is a little I was wondering which one we were going to do. Because you can't get too young. Then it gets a little... Yeah, um, no. highlights is kind of young. <laughs> oh, it's isn't highlights for like twelve year olds. Yeah, it's okay. a little young. A little, little yeah. young. But it's not like Clifford. But the, the exaggeration is what makes the joke. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> Clifford, it's not like Clifford the Red Dog or something. <laughs> like, but but it, they're staying power. Kids club. <laughs> they're staying power. Brought to you by Paw Patrol. <laughs> Their staying power is incredible. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, it's just it incredible is. what they can do. And, yeah. Um, and Keith, I mean, he hasn't changed really. I mean, he looks a little better now than he did back in the 70s when you he know, was in he his really, 30s. He really does. Because back then, so many of the times you saw photos of him, he just looked like he had just, you know, speedballed, which he maybe had. I mean, because like I said, now he's just down to alcohol and weed. That's his re- That's sobriety for him. When they went in the studio, though, or they were on tour or something, he did kind of, I've read that he did knock it off. And was well, obviously, he was, was. I mean, was professional, yeah. I mean, you don't last this long with when I met know, him in the in I don't know, 88. Well, to last as long as he did, he's he, been able to separate, de- decompartmentalize. He was as he, nice and he was, as far as I know, he was straight and nice. And he, that I never met a nicer person. I mean, the bands where they can't separate the two, like the doors. You never met Michaels. I mean, bands that can't separate the two, like Jim yeah. Morrison, they don't last. No. 
They can't. Yeah, they can't, and this, they've been able to last. So Jim Morrison also couldn't separate from heroin and alcohol. But he was not uh, alcohol, not not much into the other stuff. He oh, was really? just mostly alcohol and LSD. Alcohol was his big thing. Yeah, he was not a huge. I mean, LSD did, but not not a lot of the others. They think he may have died of a heroin overdose, but that could partly be. He wasn't used to it. Not not used to it or whatever. But no, alcohol was his big demon. Did I? uh, Since we're on the rock topic, did you see my conversation with my parents last night? No, I posted. All right. So I was watching. The, I'm a Steelers fan. I had my Jack Lambert jersey on. God, they're like watching the Hawkeyes. They're boring, they, well, but no, they find now. a lot of ways to win. They fired their offensive coordinator, and they had 400 yards of offense yesterday. Yeah, but more like normally that. they're but boring. normally yes, it's like, and they still only won 16 to 10 or yeah, whatever. they don't score a lot of points. So I'm wearing my Jack Lambert jersey. I go to mom and dad's for dinner. My dad's like, oh, is that for Adam Lambert? He's kind of joking, but I didn't know he was joking. And I'm like, oh no, Adam Lambert's the lead singer of Queen. My mom immediately, Adam Lambert will never be the lead singer of Queen. Right on. Oh, I shared that on Facebook. Is your mom a big Freddie Mercury fan? Oh, huge. Huge. She was a Beatles fan as a kid growing up. We had a bunch of Beatles eight tracks in the house when I was growing up, but she became like a huge Queen fan, like in the last five or ten years. That's like my parents. My parents, we grew up, I mean, whereas their friends were, you know, my dad's, they were listening to big band and all this stuff, which my dad liked. But we had we had top forty on uh, on our uh, record player. Well, Freddie's been dead thirty two years this month. There was a producer a few months ago, like a big name record producer, like Grammy winning, who said that Queen in twenty twenty three is more relevant than the Beatles. And I thought about it. I'm like, boy, you talk to like a college kid right now, and which band they would be listening to? It's Queen. Yeah, I mean the Beatles also were done before Queen even well, started. True too. I mean, I mean, Suter would kill us for having this conversation, but. He's a big Beatles guy. But I, mean, I think the Beatles' place in history is... is it's pretty solid, is yeah. okay. I yeah. don't think they're worried about it. No. But, um, but no, Queen... But you still go into a dorm room, you're probably going to see a Doors poster, you yeah, know, Jimi Hendrix. You're talking like a, Pink a, Floyd. a decade uh, between them, basically. Yeah. And, you yeah, the Beatles but that would explain why a 20 year Queen started in like ABC 73. ABC went out on the streets of New York and asking, you know, 20-year-olds, uh, what do you think of Paul McCartney? And uh, I... Like half of them didn't even know who he was. No, I mean, I think they knew. What if they would have asked about Desmond Decker? You think they would have known that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the Israelites. Yeah, that guy gets up in the morning slaving, slaving for, for bread, bread yeah. so that every mouth can be fed. They would yeah. know that. I love that song. I do too. I love that yeah, song. Yeah, I kind of like it too. Sooner hates it. And he was instrumental in getting Peter Tosh, Bob Marley. He was an inspiration for a lot of those guys and really helped. Kick off the reggae era. I love reggae. I know I Suter, do too. Suter hates reggae. I play music. a lot on the plus. He hates reggae music, but um, seafood, onions, commercials. Spending more than a month at work at a time. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he ain't too crazy about Rob Brooks either. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard him say a bad word about Rob what Brooks. What the hell? Uh, Why is that? I've never... I thought Rob yeah, was we so couldn't, random. We couldn't figure out what you were doing. We're like, well, who's he talking you to? You look like you were confused by the conversation. Because I was confused by the conversation. Yeah. So this, I all, wonder if this lady must have listened to the I, game last night. I guess. I have no control over him or the, uh, uh, she's, they or he. Uh, Did she want you to fire him? I, I don't know. <laughs> she wanted to come on the air and, and rip have him? callers call up and rip him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. 
No, that's not a good thing to do. Somebody's going to rip somebody. Did she say why she had an issue with him at all? Uh, That uh, when they come back from commercials, he's already uh, behind on what was going on. So she obviously was talking about the game last night. Well, that's not anything to do with him. No, No. that's production. That's production. Rip them. That's the engineer. Rip KXIC. Yeah. Yeah. And, but if they carried it, I that don't computer know. will be able to take it. It's not personal. <laughs> yeah, maybe really. it's the same producer left Dolph up that time during the men's game. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Instead. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, yeah, know. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah we, we got enough people to rip. Yes, yes. You know, we, we have our own people we like ripping, including yeah. ourselves. Yeah, no, mostly. And yeah. Suter when he's not here yeah. to defend himself. Yeah. Sometimes when he's here. Yeah. But um. But, yeah, that's a weird call. We've had some weird ones, but that one really came out of left field. I'm a little disappointed it didn't make it to the air. <laughs> I think you would have yelled at her, and it would have been great. I don't want to yell. It might have been When you him. yell at people, it's some it of the best radio. It might have been him, for all I know. No, <laughs> Doing I a fake voice? Yell. I don't want to yell about Rob Brooks. No. <laughs> but no, you did nice say guy. there were people complaining about their flow subscription when it was just right the first half was right on Twitter. yeah they were like why am i paying 30 dollars for this if everybody's getting it for free <laughs> well that, and then uh the second half it disappeared it wasn't for free flow went, no flow went down yeah i couldn't wa- find it i'm like hey i want to watch the second half and it said this thing no, has ended flow itself went down what do you think caused that people complaining or too many people volume w- from all the people watching, from, the from free all the people feed, watching it for free I, I don't know but they went i mean i got emails saying uh are you getting flow and i said no we don't i didn't subscribe i was casting it to my parents tv we were watching it and i'm like i can't get it back so do you think they're going to be reimbursing a lot of people money i i imagine if it really went down i didn't see it so so you're saying the people who paid 30 bucks lost it too yeah oh wow okay no the flow channel is that's what i was told I don't well, know that he it's, said, if maybe somebody they, knows, maybe if they somebody just, watched the call. Maybe there were just too many viewers and it just overwhelmed the... Well, that happens sometimes, the server. Yeah, the server. That's the word I was looking for. Because, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there were tons of people like me. Wow, look, here it is. I'll just watch it on my computer. Because I did. I watched the entire first half. I'm going to look something up that's in the chat room. You guys keep going because i got to confirm something. What would you have for dinner, Captain? Uh, last night, chicken pot pie from uh, Marie Callender. Okay, I've had those before. Callender. I've had those. Oh, before. We had steak. Those are pretty good. good. What did I, I had breakfast for dinner: eggs and hash browns. <sighs> hash browns are good. Well, these were good hash browns. Do you like them uh, extra crispy? I prefer. I like. Yeah, I like to put a crispy coating on the yeah. top. When I go into Midtown, I always say they've got good hash browns. Crispy. Okay, so this is interesting. Um, Black Angel has good hash browns. You ever I had them? I haven't been there yet. You I mean, uh, boy, I, and I got a huge helping of them when I got breakfast there. Okay, so this came into the chat by Double Fern. There's a guy named, you probably know, Dick Holler, yeah. songwriter. Yeah, he's a songwriter. He wrote Abraham Martin and John and Snoopy and the Red Baron. <laughs> That's rage. He also wrote um, a song called King Kong, a song called Mooba Gruba. And his name's Dick Holler. Twist and Shout. He's got the whole world in his hands. I'm sure he does. Same guy wrote all these songs. And Snoopy and the Red Baron. Well, I don't know. He, he, he didn't write. He's got the whole world in this. That's what it says here on uh, Wikipedia. He's got the whole 1965. World. Who sang that and made it famous? Well, uh, was it Mahalia uh, Jackson? First published. 19- okay, this Jackson. can't be right because now it's, I went to, it's got the whole world in his no. hand. says it's from 1927. Yeah, it, yeah, he didn't write that. Otherwise, oh, no, he might have had a single with it. Um, so it's from 1927. Because uh, I remember that jazz. song as a kid. 
Yeah, no, they, he didn't. Marion Anderson, Marian Anderson live sang television, it, and then uh, Mahalia Jackson sang it. Judy Garland sang it at one point. Yeah. Sisters of Mercy. Oh, Rob like, Brooks did a cover of it. <laughs> I, Wednesday, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna try to get Jamie Morris on so we can talk about the matchup from Michigan's perspective, and um, yeah, because. Saturday, second time in three years, heading over to Indy. I mean, two years ago, I remember everything but the game was fun. I mean, great food, great setup, everything. The game just sucked. But remember, though, it was 10 to nothing at halftime, if I remember. They were yeah. still in it, but eventually the defense just wore down, and that's what I worry about. I worry about a bunch of three and outs, and then the defense eventually just can't keep up. Hello? The girl's name was Lori London, who had the hit. He's got the whole world in his hands. Okay, Lori yeah, London. Yeah. Lori yeah. London. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Boy, we're learning a little bit today. <laughs> we uh, we covered a lot of topics today. I know. <laughs> I'm just just, just waiting. waiting for the other show. Just wait for you to say something else. I still got that rat poison. <laughs> but yeah, but now that somebody did it. It's old. I'm just it's <laughs> but nothing. It's, I'm bored. But, 30, it, but it is great. I'm 36 years or behind garbage. the time. Yeah. Well, you could think of a lot of bands now, combine names and come up with a neat promotion, I'm sure. Like Police and Quiet Riot. That'd be a kind of a contrast. Yeah. Yeah. You imagine, I can't imagine. But the thing with what works with Rat Poison is those bands did tour together and you would expect them to tour together. And they're from the exact same genre, era, hair band. band. They were both hair bands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Were they from America? Yeah. Yeah. They both were from America? Yeah. Well, I think they're both from Los Angeles. Okay. Well, Brett Michaels is originally from Pittsburgh. I know that. He's a big Steelers fan. We talked about that when I interviewed him. Wasn't he on some type of celebrity? Uh, Rock of Love. Okay. He was, he was on looking like... for a date or something. Okay. I, it was yeah. on VH1. Remember Celebrity Rehab? God. You know. Honestly, I, uh, I got yeah. in trouble for something on that. We had, oh, who was it? Somebody from Guns N' Roses was playing uh, like a, the Delaware County Fair. And... He, we, we had Jägermeister, like a lot of it. We're like, hey, you should have to do some Jägermeister. I don't drink anymore, guys. Oh, come on, have one shot. We gave him a shot. Two months later, he was on Celebrity Rehab. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. I felt a little bad about that one. So it's not like you offered him like a light beer? You no, him here, have a shot of Jäger. Jäger. I remember watching, turning it on. You should have got in trouble. I remember turning it on, and it was Kanicki from Greece was on there crying. <laughs> And now he's dead. What's I, his name? Jeff Conaway? Yeah, Jeff Conaway. Yeah, I guess he had like a painkiller addiction or something like that. I know. I, that was Dr. That was Drew. Shows, I didn't, that shows were ridiculous. You know. It's not still on, is it? No. No, it's been replaced by my 600-pound sister or whatever. Now they got 2,000 pounds. 2,000 pounds as twins, yes. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Drew what, tried to run for Senate, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. Was I'm it of Dr. Dr. Oz. I'm thinking of Dr. Yeah, Ross. Yeah, that's Dr. Okay. Ross. It's, Dr. Drew, though, I think is also a little off the deep end. He's very now. political. Yeah. But it's amazing what people will watch. Like that, that pimple popper stuff. I mean, oh, that's, God. That gets great she ratings. She has a commercial now. It gets great ratings. Yeah, it's, you know. She's I, like promoting some product, Dr. Dr. Pimple Popper. Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know. It's the real, the ugliest the commercial out there is still uh, my pillow guy. Where he's like in the mirror, yeah. They open up the medicine cabinet. He's living in their medicine right cabinet, yeah. looking at him in the bathroom. <laughs> Just, yeah, in you the don't bathroom. see his ads many places. 
much. They're on. Uh, I when I get up in the morning with the dog on Sundays, before I go back to bed after I take care of her, then I watch some reruns of uh, of Married with Children. That they is Fox still airing them? Huh? Is Fox still airing them? No. Wow, you can't even get the commercial that bothers me now is the car commercial where the kids got the bowl with the lake water in it and there's a fish. And they got to get the fish back to the lake. Have you seen that one? I've not seen yeah. that one. And I'm thinking, what? You know, they say, oh, I'm a good mom. I let the kid put the, we didn't kill the fish. We brought it back to the lake. We saved him. I thought, yeah, you're a great mom. You let your kid come in with a bucket full of lake water in a moving car with no cover. <laughs> I've not That would what, never happen. What's it an advertisement for? A car. Oh, a car. I don't okay. remember which car it is, but it's, it runs during football games and stuff. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Yeah, maybe I have it. I just probably zoned it. I don't like the. Uh, I don't like Jan from the Toyota commercials. Really? Yeah. Oh. Toyota commercials. Too cheery and peppy, and I can't recall those. Yeah. See? Yeah. She just doesn't make. Yeah, it. but you like flow. I do like flow. Yeah, because they, they change those up enough. They're like all different. Yeah, I like what's flow. wrong with flow? Painful. Just don't doesn't work. I like the ancillary Slow. characters and have their own storylines. Uh, who's, uh, who's the Jamie? Jamie, I like Jamie too. And the uh, nerdy girl, I like her. Where yeah. Her parents are all nice. No, it's great. It's yeah. great. I think they should replace Flo with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I do like. I really love the Caitlin Clark commercial. Snoop Dogg's on Corona. He does the Corona ones with Eli Manning on the beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Pete, da- or not Pete Davidson. Who's the guy from SNL? Was I know who you're talking. Brooklyn Nine One One. Yeah. 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 He's on there. The Caitlin Clark one though. I didn't know it was a part of a series. I can't remember if we talked about it or not, where the guy says, shoot, and she shows up magically. Yeah, I, I, I There's one with Jimmy Fallon where they say, this is a joke, and Jimmy Fallon shows up and tells him to use State Farm. Okay. So she's in a campaign that's similar with And the, then they want they order two latte, a latte, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that one doesn't like, do as much for me. Or whatever. But I think her delivery and stuff's fine. She's good. Oh, she I mean, does better than Jenny Taft in that one. I, with the I, coffee yeah, commercial. I think she's got a presence to her. Jenny seen, Taft comes off kind of wooden in that commercial. But Caitlin seemed pretty relaxed and pretty... You know, chill. No, she's, pretty chill. She's a natural. Yeah, she she's does kind of come off that she's way. She's a natural. When she when kids come up and want their autographs, she's just no. She's freaking just class. Oh, and congratulations to Coach Bluter for her 500th yeah, career win as a Hawkeye coach. Yeah. That's that's impressive. I never thought anyone would supplant Vivian Stringer, but Lisa is right there. I mean, she's she's gone further than even Vivian did. Vivian was great for a shorter period of time, but Lisa's got the program. For the last five years, this has been a really, really impressive run for Iowa women's basketball. So congrats to Coach Bleeder yeah. on number 500. Yeah. Many more to come. So men, is the men the next thing Wednesday night? Is Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, yeah. North Florida. Yeah. And it's on FS1. And we will have uh, another Hawk Fanatic Wednesday morning. And we I'm not sure it. how we're covering that game because I'm guaranteeing, I'm guessing Dallas ain't going to want to do an 8 o'clock game on a school night. So we'll see. It's either me or Boning Camp. He's, he's, oh, Bonnie Campbell do it. He'll do anything. Well, yeah, if he... But, Mikey he from Life Serial. What's that? When does he go to bed? He's in college. Who? Dallas. Dallas isn't in college. He works He works for... He works oh, as I a counselor that. in school. No, he's been out He's been oh. out of college for two years. He's he got works a full-time, at school. He works at a school as a guidance counselor, and then okay. he works part-time for us. Has he ever given you any guidance? Um, he's going to be giving me guidance at 3.30 today when he comes over to help me. I need to send... Um, profile shots of myself in Dallas to the Big Ten for our credentials, but for some reason I can't get. If you know, I do a screenshot of myself, and I used to on my old phone, I would mail it, email it to myself, and it would show up on my email, and I would download it and pop it in. Now with my new phone, it will not show up on my 
desktop email, and I don't know why. What if you send it to us, and then we send it back to you? I guess I could try that, but he's coming over at 3.30 just to do it himself because he's very, compared to me. Are you going to have a new screenshot? I've only got two pictures of you, and I use them in a promotion. Um, no, this will just be one. Well, this will, he'll take it before he, he'll take it today, and then we'll just go from there. But yeah, I just don't know. There's something that's not connected with my new phone, and it's probably something simple that I'm doing. I just don't can't. It does have it. to look professional too. It's for a press pass. Yeah, it's for a credential. Usually, you can't, you can't use that photo from the Christmas party at Suitors that you usually use. Well, usually in the days in the past, if you didn't have your photo, you when you went there, you'd go to the will to get your pass. They'd pull you aside and take a photo. Now I think they're tired of doing that, so they're basically making you do a profile shot so they can put it on the credential so when you go to pick it up. When I bought. Uh, into KFMH in 1990. They had me come to the Quad City Times, and I had a tie on. They took my photo and everything because it was going on the business page. So then the article comes out, and there was a big deal with John Deere and a bunch of banks and stuff. So that's on the top of the, the business page. And right under that, they just used the photo with my pirate hat on. <laughs> <laughs> just... You got all these like people, like bank leaders with their suits and ties, <laughs> yeah. and their Steve with a cap. <laughs> hey, before I go, do we want to hear Caitlin after the game last night? Yeah, sure. sure. All right. All right. You know, it's always good to go home with three wins. It came down to the wire, but your three pointer with about a minute left pretty much sealed the deals. What was going through your mind? Yeah, just ball screen action was really good for us all night, so we wanted to get back into that. Um, you know, it's kind of what we ran at the end of the game and created a little separation. I was able to knock it down, but a great screen by our five player. So, um, you know, glad I could knock it down and, and kind of push us forward there. What was the energy like during halftime, knowing that you guys were, it was a one-point game, you had to come out and get everything you got? Yeah, I mean, we thought we played really good in the first quarter, let up a little bit in the second quarter, so just coming out with the same energy that we had in the first half. Um, nobody it's going to come down to the end. That's what great games are. Um, so I'm proud of this group. Showed a lot of resiliency, um, you know, matured in late-game situations. So I'm just happy. Going to go home with three wins, and, you know, that's all you can really ask for. Not only that, but it was your 30th career game with 30 or more points. So to get that on the day where you kind of gave a revenge, you know, win against Kansas State, what's that mean to you? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you know, whenever you lose to somebody and you have another shot at them, you just love that as a competitor. And they're a really great team, uh, really well coached, really physical. Um, so this is great, you know, experience for us, not only prepping for the Big Ten tournament, playing three back-to-back -back days, but, um, you know, playing really good physical tournament teams. You know, you never know what you might see. Um, different conference, great competition. So, um, you know, I'm just proud of this group. So many fans here. What did that mean to you? It's awesome. Our fans travel so well. Um, it doesn't surprise me at this point. Wherever we go on the road, I mean, the fans show up. And, I mean, what could you, more could you ask for? This is what makes women's basketball so amazing. Last thing, I heard that you're a big Paula Abdul fan. You guys sing High School Musical, and you guys just love to sing sing-alongs and musicals together. Is that true? That's Coach Jay more than me. <laughs> That's more than him, but, yeah, we just like to do it for Coach Jay. That's her favorite song, so whatever makes her happy. Awesome. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. No, she's a Paul Abdul fan. So, Coach Jensen, I assume that's who they're talking about. Yeah, he's a Paul yeah. Abdul fan. Yeah. There you go. Straight up. That's yeah. how they play defense. Yeah. Well, there you go, little Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Um, no, she's great. She really is. And, yeah, she did come through big at the end. Caitlin like Clark is forever our girl. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a little That's creepy. right. What's oh, that's Paul Abdul lyrics? Paul Abdul. Okay. Song, I'm, I'm not familiar with Paul Abdul's work. I am. Wasn't she, isn't she a choreographer? Yeah, yeah, but she had a bunch of hits. Uh, yeah. Like in the 80s, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Oh, the one you straight up, I remember that one. Yeah, I, straight I do, up, opposites attract. I do remember that. With MC Scat Cat. A little before Caitlin's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, would think so, I would think so. 
So, okay, all right. Well, thanks again I, to Coach P for coming on. Hopefully. By the way, Cutter says they've reached an agreement uh, to extend the truce um, by two more days. Biden? Is he really? delivering? Yeah, he really is. Just, just getting ripped on social media. The mag yeah. is just. Yeah. No, well, Bolton comes out. Oh, uh, they should have, you know. You got to look at the larger picture rather than the 200 hostages. Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm too busy looking at that cheesy mustache that you wear. <laughs> yeah. It looks like the Lorax. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, they're, they're basically they're saying yeah. that if this was Trump, these never would have happened because everyone's afraid of it. I know because Hamas is uh, yeah, the, I Hamas. Mean, Hamas. Yeah. Hamas. Now I'm talking like Trump. Yeah. He kept calling it Hamas. <laughs> 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 anyway... Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, hopefully Wednesday yeah. we can have some tour dates for Rat Boys and we can pass along. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like I said, I, I'm going to try to get Jamie on yeah. to talk a little bit more about Saturday's matchup, which I believe is like 7. Doesn't it kick off Saturday? Isn't it like 7.15? 7, 7, 7.15, so 8.15. Their pregame starts at 5.30. That doesn't surprise me. So, yeah. And but, this is a be kind to Rob Brooks Day. Yes. Yeah. If, if you see Rob out there, throw him a, yeah. throw him a high. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good day. HawkFanatic.com. Check it out. It is free. From the Hurting and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurting and Stalker Jewelers. Making memories, making moments. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Steve Kathan. It's expected Hamas will release more hostages today and the push is on to extend a ceasefire.